Welcome in, Bench Warmers, episode 56 of the Far End of the Bench podcast with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant. And guess what? It's football time. So, yes, we are a football packed podcast this week. Uh, Jimmy starts it off, or Jimmy, I'm speaking in the third person now, if you guys haven't heard. Uh, but I started off uh, talking about college football and uh, some NFL hot takes that I got for the upcoming season in the center of attention. And then we break down week one of college football, which was insane. Uh, have our first week of the NFL pick them. And then our segments, uh, they get a little bit out there. There's, there's some cr- pretty interesting stories going on. Mine's you know, nowhere near related to sports, but it could be uh, anyways, be sure to follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. We've released new episodes every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And uh, be sure to follow us as well on our social medias at FEOTB Pod. That's the best way to get in contact with us. Go back and forth. We'll uh, debate you guys back and forth on our takes. And then also be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We drop videos Thursdays, Fridays, and Mondays. We also have some in real life stuff that we do. We have our uh, FEOTB Pod Golf Invitational, as well as our team far end men's rec basketball highlights. So be sure to check all that stuff out. Uh, Nico, we're, we're about to get, uh, we're going to execute, right? Uh, we're all about execution. I guess I guess we're in favor of execution, right, Brian Kelly? Yeah, Brian Kelly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know about that, but I mean, execution, execution. I've had a large mouth pass bust my line a couple beautiful girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break what's going on everybody bench warmers this week for center of attention since it's technically the week that football does start it is as you're listening to this we have one more sleep before we have 157 straight days of nfl football and i couldn't be more excited i've been ready for football to start since my Box State Bruins got going just uh, real quickly before I get into what I'm going to be talking about for the NFL season. Reminder, Box State Bruins, my fourth grade national team, we are raising money. Uh, We have the link in our link tree at FEOTV pod. So if you can be sure to donate there, I believe we're trying to raise about uh, as close to $10,000 as we can so that everybody is able to go. And again, that's boxstatebruins.com. So for this week, Since the NFL season is about to start, I wanted to make sure and get all of my hot takes up and out there so that everybody knows when they come true, because they're obviously going to come true. I'm never wrong. I know everything that's going to happen no matter what. But if they do come true, you guys will know and you guys will have the audio and video proof that this happened. But here here are my, for this week's center of attention, here are my hottest takes for the 2021-22 NFL season. I've said this now a couple times. My first hot take the Bengals are going to manage to win six games. I think that it's time. They've been going up by two games for the last two seasons in a row. I'm hoping that we ditch one tie this year and we add a win at least. And then I think there's a few games that the Bengals are likely to steal. Barring injury, I'm going to put that caveat there. I'm saying the Bengals are going to win six games unless there's a major catastrophic injury that takes place. So that's my first hot take. The second hot take that I have, Micah Parsons, is going to have a similar career path as Jamal Adams. So, so far, uh, especially watching hard knocks, Michael Parsons is very good. Obviously the best player on that defense, he's going to be your guy. But then again, maybe not. Because remember back a couple of years ago when Jamal Adams was drafted to New York and he said he was going to be there for a long time. Everybody thought he was going to hold down that defense. Now he's out in Seattle. So I think Michael Parsons, we're going to start to see the setup 
of Micah Parsons having a similar career path to Jamal Adams, where he's not on this team in the next couple seasons. And my last hot take going into week one, the Buffalo Bills are going to win the AFC. The Bills will be the representative of the AFC conference this year in the Super Bowl, as long as Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs stay healthy. But it's going to be the first time that they make it through since they had that epic four-peat losing four straight Super Bowls. But those are my hot takes for this upcoming NFL season. And now we get to get into the rest of the episode. Welcome in bench warmers to episode 56 of the fire to the bench podcast, man. I, I, I figure that I'm going to catch some heat for my hot takes, Nico, but before we get into everything like that, how you went out to Arizona, how was Arizona? I know you played some golf on your birthday, but how's everything else going besides that? Fantastic round of golf playing at TPC Scottsdale, one of the most beautiful courses in America, in my opinion. Is like I said, I'm hoping to go back there in February for um, the Phoenix Open, waste, wasted management, Open, as they call it. Uh, but yeah, it was a very good week. Yeah, I've been we've been grinding hard with the Buck State Bruins. I'll, I'll tell you, we got to two and zero this weekend, but it was it was a grind. So I'm I'm ready to get back, and, and it's exciting because this is our first week. Well, not our first week. This is our third NFL season, technically, but or it feels that way. We have our first or the second NFL season starting on Thursday, so the day after people are listening to this. And I got my hot takes out of the way. I know that you, I sent you the outline, so you've seen them, and I'm sure that you had some words for me while you were reading through them. But it, I'll just reiterate them real quick, and then I'll get your thoughts. And if you have one, we'll we'll start off the podcast with that. But the first one, I said, the Bengals are going to manage to win six games. Uh, if if there's no catastrophic injury on offense, I needed to throw that caveat in. Uh, I said the second that Micah Parsons will be on a track to finish on a different team than the Cowboys after this season, like a Jamal Adams. I don't see him sticking around in Dallas for too long. Too long. And uh, the Buffalo Bills are going to win the AFC. So those are my three hot takes. The thing with the Micah Parsons thing, the, he was a Cowboy fan growing up. He's not leaving. He's going to be the centerpiece of the Cowboys defense. It's not like, no offense to your brother, like he was in a pissant organization like the New York Jets. I, I consider Cowboy. the Cowboys are a pissant organization. Yeah, but they have they have tradition. And, like, like, the Jets have tradition, but nobody fucking remembers it. Most people still remember when the Cowboys were ever relevant at one point. So I think there's a little bit of a difference there in the Bills. I still think they're the third best team in that in the in the AFC, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah, I, I know I we talked about that one before and we've talked about the Bengals one before. I the Parsons thing came up because I was watching an episode of Hard Knocks and when they pulled him out of a preseason game, he was like visibly upset. Now I remember back when Jamal Adams first was on the Jets, he was pissed off when they couldn't hit full contact in practice. So it's like it, it, it's just, I want to, if, if it happens and I'm the one who said it two years earlier, I'm going to look like a genius. So I, I don't feel too bad about just putting that one out there. I don't think that's going to happen. I'll just say that. I think every single rookie, especially first round rookies, you they only play a certain amount of snaps. It's not like they're out there playing every single snap. So like he's got to use that, but don't worry. It's not for long. He's going to be playing basically every snap on the defense side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, do you have any wild hot takes that you want to get out there? Do you have anything to get out ahead of? I am a firm believer the Broncos will be a be a wild card team. There's there's seven teams in the playoffs, and I think we'll be one of them by the end of the year. And I think, um, that's 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 really the only hot take I have. I think 
I think Justin Herbert takes a step back. I don't think he's going to be the big star that everyone says. Hmm. Um, uh, there's there's another thing on top of my head. There's there's a few fantasy football things where I'm more, where, that would be more of a, of a hot take, as in like the, the Rams. Matt Stafford can be in the MVP will be in the MVP conversation. I, I think that that's a little bit of a hot take. I think he'll be top three, top five up there with new weapons and a new offense. Um, uh, that's about it because the Rams, the Rams, you don't know what you're going to get from them. Their defense is outstanding, but Matt Stafford has the best weapons he's ever had in his career outside of Calvin Johnson. And it's been about five, six years since Calvin Johnson has been con. So I think, I think you could see a big year out of him. It's going to be interesting too, because I, this is the most amount of starters on both Super Bowl teams that I can remember that re-signed to the same team in a long time. So it's almost, it feels weird. I, I don't know if you feel this way, but it's kind of similar to like when college football season starts and you got the two or three teams that you know are definite locks to be deep in it and then everybody else is just a, a crapshoot. I feel like this is going to be a pretty chalk like betting wise, I feel like this is going to be a pretty chalk season. Oh, oh, this whole first week, we'll get to our pick them later on, but this whole first week, it's a toss up about 80% of the games. Mm. Like for Pete's sake, the Jaguars are favored <laughs> because they're playing the Texans. Yeah. Like what the hell is like that's, that's, that's probably the only game they'll be favored all year. But that's just like the craziness of we don't know what we're going to see because the limited amount of snaps we saw in preseason. And we don't, we literally don't know. Yeah, there's no cl- This is going to be a wild and crazy ride here. We're getting, we're getting set for like a, a weekend full of absolute chaos. Speaking of absolute chaos, I mean, college football kicked things off with a bang. Uh, talk just about, a little bit. Just yeah, a little bit. Just, just slightly a little bit of a bang, like kicked down the, the back door. Uh, I called it Sam Howell in, in North Carolina. <clears throat> not a football school. I, I know they're not a football school. No, I didn't like Sam Howell either. I'm not I'm not high on him. I, don't, I know the drafts or scouts are. They think he's going to be – a great quarterback the next level. He's projected to be a Heisman finalist too. I don't see it. I don't see it at well, all. Well, his Heisman show, his Heisman shots are done now because North Carolina is not going to be close to undefeated. But uh, I thought I mean, he when could I still be top five by the end of the year, but he won't win it. Honestly, the ACC had a this was about, about really as bad weekend shit. as you could have outside of bowl season losing all your games. They basically got they basically lost all their games and got slapped around in the games that they lost. Actually, Miami, yeah. Miami, we said that Miami oh, was going to cover. Why, why not? No. Somebody that they're going to cover. Nope. Fox 12 and the ACC probably had the worst weekend you could have asked for. Like, it was, I think, only two Pac-12 schools won. I think it was CU who played UNC, and then it was UCLA. UCLA and every, every, and Maybe then, LSU. That was a good win. That was good. That was a fantastic win. But, like, there's – ACC was just falling apart. Whole, like – Let's talk about this Bama game because what what the fuck are we doing? Like, like, there is a consensus who the number one team in the country is. After that, who knows? Legit, who knows? Yeah, you got to mirror the Oklahoma game with the uh, with the Alabama game. Yeah, like if you talk about Alabama's dominance, you're like if you remove them from the equation, I could literally sit here and give you an explanation why five different teams could win it. 
But then you gotta remember, wait, there's Bama. <laughs> like legit, it's it's a factory. I thought that maybe the first game of the year, new quarterback, new everything. Nick Saban said, "Nah, screw that. We're just retooling." The next group of guys are coming up. Bryce Young is gonna be an animal. That dude is gonna be probably number one pick in two years. Like he he's going to be that good. First Alabama quarterback to throw four touchdown passes in his debut for the school. Which think of some of the quarterbacks, especially college well, quarterbacks that they have. Yeah, yeah, they got three in the NFL, and you can throw McElroy in there as one of the better college Joe quarterbacks. Joe Namath in there too. Joe Namath, yeah. There's a lot, but McCarron, the, AJ McCarron, who basically AJ holds McCarron. every single Alabama football quarterback record there is. Yeah, no, it's, oh. it was incredible what he did, and he does it. So he is a little bit more of a running threat than than they've had recently. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. Mac Jones wasn't going to be running. Tua could move around a little bit. I would say, yeah, but he's, he, he also, he has that ability. He runs like Jalen Hurts to where if he gets in the open field, he can run you over or run around you, everything like that. He actually looked downfield while he's running that play that he made when he stepped up inside the DN, which Miami's got some pretty badass DNs always. They might have no swag left whatsoever, but yeah, they have some pretty badass DNs. And he did that play where he stepped up under the rush and delivered that dime on the run. You're like, that's something Alabama hasn't really had in a couple of years. Oh, 100%. And I feel bad for Miami, man. They brought the turnover chain down 31 to 0, and it got rescinded because the call got overturned. Uh, that was a it's a, it's a cool looking chain. It's a cool yeah. chain this year. Yeah. But fuck, don't at least wait. at the right moments. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, look, Miami could be a very, very good team this year. They, they can still finish number two in the ACC or number one, even, and even shot comes at some point. But they just ran into the greatest dynasty in college football history. They get a good bounce back game. Well, you think they're host, they get uh, Appalachian State at home coming up this weekend, which they're favored by nine in that game. I don't know. Appalachian State's one to know, but Miami is still ranked in the top 25. Uh, I, let's talk about Oklahoma and Tulane because this was an interesting one. It was, it was a game played in Oklahoma, but Tulane was the home team, quote unquote. They had to move it due to Hurricane Ida that's tearing up New Orleans. Um, so that was strange. And then Tulane, like, apparently Oklahoma forgot that the other teams are actually going to play against them. Because I know I get Tulane played hard and good on them because you're in a strange environment. You kind of had to make the best of your situation. And, damn, you almost pulled off something that that would have been huge. That would have been this, earth-shattering. This just proved my point to say that Oklahoma would be a middle-of-the-pack school in the SEC. I got shit for it saying, oh, Oklahoma would be number one or number two still. They'd be middle of the pack. The Big 12 is ass. It is. No offense. I love the Big 12. The CU was a part of it at one point. But it's ass also. And Oklahoma's the only shining star. And Rattler got exposed. Rather yep. got exposed, buddy. There were some balls he threw, but like this kid is not ready for the big time. And the Oklahoma, they still have a lot. I mean, they still won the game. They'll still run through their whole conference. But there's zero shot. I give them any chance in hell winning a playoff game. You know, if they make the final four. No. They are going to be a heavy underdog, and and I am not surprised at all. That's why people got to relax on this. Oklahoma is still the freaking premier school. They're good for their conference. They are, but they're not. They're not the SEC. They're not the Big Ten. They're not ready for the big leagues. I hate to tell you that. And all props to Tulane because that was obviously their their biggest game of the year. 
Mm-hmm. They're amped up for that. But still, you first game of the year, you have a, the Heisman favorite in Spencer Rattler coming out there and eat those ducks to, to opposing team play after play, and you almost let, the t- let them come back? That's despicable. I'm sorry. That's despicable. You want to know something crazy? Rattler was 30 of 39 for 304 yards and still threw a touchdown. So for I, I agree with you. He didn't look yeah. great, but it's, he still had – Lincoln Riley is an offensive wizard. Their defense oh, still sucks, and Oklahoma still lacks that ability to just say, I'm going to punch you in the face. And when they get punched in the face, it's no, never good. Think of Alabama when Kyler Murray was running around for his life. It looked like you had you let loose grown adults on a little child back there. It's still the same Oklahoma team. They're going to be very good, score a lot of points in the regular season. They're going to give up a million and a half, too. Tulane should not be scoring 35 on Oklahoma. No matter what, they should not. They should no not be scoring double digits on Oklahoma. Like, look at this. Look at the statement from the top four, and then you're telling me Oklahoma is the top cream of the crop, and you struggle with Tulane. No, sir. Uh, let's see. It. We'll see if they can bounce back. They did drop uh, in the rankings, so uh, they're fourth now. They're getting Western Carolina at home, and uh, I mean that's a walkthrough, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, uh, let's see. What is – they don't even have a spread listed for that game. That's how out of sorts it is. Um, and I'm not sure what Tulane is doing, but that, that is going to be their – that's their biggest game on the schedule. That was um, kind of their whole whole reason for, for coming out. Um, another top school that I think kind of got exposed a bit uh, was Ohio State. And C.J. Stroud, he didn't have a bad game through four touchdowns. Had almost all those in, all those in the second half. Let me remind yeah. you that. Yeah, he, he, he had a terrible he, first half. Yeah, Ryan Ryan Day went in the locker room and said, "You know, do you know who the fuck you're playing for right now? Do you know what colors you're wearing? Wake the hell up! You don't play like an Ohio State quarterback in college." And he did. And then, then they rolled in the second half. That game was very very close in the first half. I think Minnesota had a lead at one point, but it was all Ohio State in the second half. Ryan I, Day I, Ryan Day kicked their ass. Yeah, I, Ohio State was going to win that game. I wanted. I think that this says Minnesota is better than what people give them credit for, though. Minnesota, PJ Fleck has a pro, has that program ready to kind of. They're similar to like a Michigan State, Iowa, to where every now and then they might be able to kind of push for a conference title, but they're just a team that's always going to be in your face. And oh, they're, they, very, they're yeah, starting to get some NFL talent going through there too. So PJ Fleck has that program going in the right direction. So I will say Ohio State played pretty poorly. But I won't say that Minnesota didn't deserve to be in that game. They maybe maybe they don't, but I think Minnesota played well enough to win that game for sure. And Ohio State almost kind of kind of wet the bed. That would have been that would have been hilarious if uh, we had a two seed, four seed, or a number two, number four upset in the first week of college football. Like the South would be burned. The South would burn down. And, a, and three seed, don't and forget. Seed, yeah. Well, the Clemson in there. Uh, let's talk about that again. That was the biggest snooze fest I've ever seen in my life. But oh, probably game of the week. Probably game of the week. Great defense on both sides. But the one the one thing I realized with this with this game here, this Georgia Clemson game is Georgia. That was a must win game. Clemson it wasn't because Georgia has to win out to make the playoff. Clemson just has to win the conference. Let's be honest. Win the conference and hope somebody – they got to win the conference and have hope that there's another one-loss conference champion. They will get in over 
a one loss Georgia or a two loss Georgia team if Georgia loses the SEC championship to Alabama. Like yes. that, that, that will happen. Yes, and but the, if, the, if the Pac 12 and Big 12 champions are both undefeated and the SEC champions undefeated, you're, you're giving too much love to the Pac 12. I know. <laughs> take, just, take it easy there, buddy. It, we, we, we'll talk, now, about, we'll think, talk about Oregon here in a second, but that, yeah. they're not going to make the Final Four. I hate well, to tell you that. But, they're the best um, shot in that conference. But you no, know, this was, I think this was the biggest game where the ACC was like, oh, come on, man. Because that was like, everybody knew that the ACC was a paper bag at the top with the, with the Lion. The Tigers are, are good enough to play with anybody else, but nobody else can step on the field. And the SEC absolutely, like, that was a dominant performance. Seven sacks. Seven sacks. The only touchdown the whole game was a pick six. Mm-hmm. Like, like that is pure defensive dominance. All the, all the talk before that game was DJ, what's his last name, Jimmy? We are going to lay. Versus JT Daniels. And, and we saw a defensive masterpiece. Look. Yeah, it, JT it, Daniels did his best Peyton Manning in 2015 impression. Yeah, newsflash, Clemson fans, Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson isn't your quarterback anymore. DJ can have they all the They also have Jack. Jacket O line. Yeah, like like they don't have a whole lot going on for them. They lost their starting running back. They don't have I think they have they brought their number one receiver back, but that's still not saying a whole lot. And DJ Little Agale can have all the drip in the world showing up to the game. But news news flash, he's just another Kelly Bryant. He's not gonna lead you to a national championship oof. unless something drastically oof. changes. Kelly Bryant, oof. We have no love for the quarterbacks that have been on QB one. I really realizing don't. that we really don't. I didn't even realize that he was on QB one until I was Dom was rewatching it, and he's the backup quarterback for one of the other guys. He's not even a featured guy in QB one, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that he'll he'll definitely bounce back. I mean, Clemson's gonna have a a lot easier game this week they play South Carolina State so that's not going to be a problem and I think DJ when it's all said and done by the end of the season he'll have good enough stats to be around in some award talks but at least this season he's not leading Clemson to the final four I don't see it they'll they'll no they'll make they'll make the playoff they will because unless they lose the ACC championship they win the ACC championship I guarantee they make it just because of their pedigree the last few years. And, yeah. and like it or not, that's just the fact about it is. Because if, if, if Clemson, with one loss, wins the ACC championship and UCLA or Oregon go undefeated, they're picking Clemson. Like that's just a fact of the matter. It is. It'll be it'll be Alabama. It'll be um, whatever Big Ten school won it all. Um, it'll be Clemson and then one other team. Like that's 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 how it'll end up because they win the ACC, they're making it all. So this game was a good test at the beginning of the year, but they're not sweating. Yeah, I'm not not sure how they're going to react. I mean, this is one of their first regular season losses, like in the past three years. Besides, you know, last year when when they went into Notre Dame, but this is going to be interesting to see how Dabo is able. This will be a test. Is Dabo really a good coach? Because I think you can make the argument he's had some pretty damn good players. Uh, you realize DeAndre Hopkins is a Clemson alumni. So, like, he's had yeah. some really, really good talent while he's been the head coach there. This will be his one test to see if he's actually actually that guy. Uh, I want to go – I want to talk about another coach that I don't think is that guy, and that's Brian Kelly in Notre Dame. That game – did you watch that game? Well, I didn't get a chance to watch oh, that game. Man, man that, that one. That was, that was something because yeah. – 
For, for State, first of all, the ghost of Bobby Bowden, rest in peace, was was on his side. They had all they had nothing to lose. They had a quarterback come in, play a second half, and Mackenzie Milton had a career-ending injury. And here he is two or three years later. And if it wasn't for a missed field goal, they probably should have won that game. Like like Notre Dame, I mean, I guess I guess we're fans of execution now because because that's I don't so know what dumb. Notre Dame has to do. That's because so dumb. It's a bad joke, but that's so. He, dumb. he 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 was trying to replicate. I forgot the old coach's names, coach's name, but it was an interview way back when, like the seventies, and someone asks uh, asked one of the coaches, he was like, "Are you a fan of your execution today?" He's like, "No." We, uh, I was like, uh, "Yeah, I'm a fan of execution," and and he didn't hit the line like he did. It, I don't know what. The coach's name it was wasn't a good that. delivery. I don't think but it was no. a good setup. I, I really don't see how he could have come out on the winning side of that. But no, that was about as awkward as the postgame press conference as I've seen for, for quite, a, quite a bit of time. And it was an awkward performance by Notre Dame because they were dominant at times. They put up 21 in the third quarter. I thought we were about to have a, a boring game down the end of the stretch. But they, I mean, Jack Cohn, I think, is a good game manager. He's, oh, he's, he's a good quarterback. Good quarterback. He's, a, he's a, I think he is a step down from last season, but you know, not ter- not what, a terrible he, step down. Was he there? He wasn't that quarterback last year. He was. was he? So Jack Cohn was at Wisconsin two years ago, uh-huh. and then broke his foot going into last season. So that's why they had a. I can't even think of the guy. Uh, that's going to bug me. I can't think of the Wisconsin quarterback that everybody's super high on, but uh, that's why he played. And then Cone transferred to Notre Dame after last season. So that's how he ended up there. Gotcha. Yeah. But man, Notre Dame, they're going to have to scratch and claw to, to make the playoff. Like they're going to have to, they're going to have to win, like, so start clobbering some teams because they keep doing this against teams like Forest State. I mean, look, Forest State is a storied program. There's no doubt about that, but they're not what they once were. Like they're no, not at all. No. And, and you gotta, you gotta have a better show than that. No, they are – I mean, the swag – I mentioned it. There's no swag left at the U. There's not really much swag left at Florida State either. They're, uh, that first quarterback, I'm, I would have sat out after I got my helmet knocked off too. I'd have been like, listen, you guys have let them hit me on 90% of the plays that we've ran. Like, I have to run – I have to set up on the run just to even get a clean pass off. I'm not coming back. Let the guy who almost lost a leg go out there, and we'll see what he can do. Because I don't feel yeah, safe Because that makes sense. Let's make the guy who almost lost his leg throw him back there, and and and, and late, basically throw him to the wolves, and he almost won you the game. Mackenzie uh, Milton should be a starting quarterback at Florida State. They're going to be a fun team to watch now because I will turn on Florida State games to watch to watch Mackenzie Milton play. When they play Miami, when they play – I don't know if they put Clemson this year, but when yeah. they play all those good ACC teams, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, how hard do you think the Disney executives were sweating? Because we put that out on our Twitter Twitter. Account. The, the, the 30 for 30, man, all you got to do is make a th- two 30 for 30 side-by-side, Mackenzie Milton and Alex Smith, yeah. and then you have like $500 million in your back pocket for the 30 for 30. They can still do a 30 for 30. They just got to tie it into the other wide lefts and wide rights because technically that's wide right. It's not Miami. I know it's not Miami. I get it. It's not the same thing, but it's the same thing. That's wide right, wide right four or yeah, yeah wide right four, something like that. Um, but no, I think that was more entertaining game. Notre Dame has no shot unless they're undefeated to make the playoff because I'll tell you the rest of their schedule. So they have Toledo this week, Purdue, Wisconsin, Cincinnati, Virginia Tech, 
USC, UNC, Navy, Virginia, Georgia Tech, and then Stanford is their last game. So they're not there's, even doing what they did last good year. Te- like, there's some decent teams. UN- or UNC is going to be a good test. USC is going to be a good test. Um, Cincinnati, there you go. That's going to be a good test. Cincinnati oh, will be – Cincinnati is the best team test. that they have left on their schedule. Everybody else is uh, – everybody else that they have left on their schedule that's ranked has lost. That's it's not what they did last season. Last season they had a lot more credit or a lot more respect because they, they played an ACC schedule. Yeah, but that's why that's why Notre Dame always has the that stick because they get to set whatever schedule they want, so they never have to go through a conference schedule year in and year out. Because believe it or not, it does make a difference when you know that you're playing certain teams. They scheme against you. They know everything that you're doing. So I think Notre Dame is – they're going to have a lot of – they're going to need a lot of help from other teams around the country if they're going to have any shot at the playoff this year. We're going to need some chaos up at the top four. But, yeah, Brian Kelly, man, he, he's, he may be on the hot seat after this year. Well, let's talk about his – maybe it's his brother. I don't know if it's brother. It's Chip Kelly, you said Bruins, man. Yeah. That look, Ed Orgeron had the best luck that I've ever seen. Cause that LSU team that he had, he he uh, coach uh, greatest college football team of all time. I don't know about greatest college football team of all time because that last year's Alabama team may have something to say about that. There's, oh, some, well. uh, there's a lot of talent, a lot of a lot of different years, but that LSU team. Was not on Coach O. As much as I love that voice, and as much as I, but those sissy blue shirts whooped your ass. They whooped your ass. Who? I bet you. I bet you. Somebody in the UCLA locker room showed them that video of him saying those sissy blues, and they came out fired up because because a Pac-12 team to beat a ranked SEC team two years removed from a national championship. I don't think that's happened in a very, very long time. No, it, it hasn't. That it was that's as good as a win as UCLA has had in the last three, three or four years. It's up there with uh, um, Josh Rosen's miracle against uh, Texas A. Yeah, Texas A. Texas A. Again, game. But that this, was, that this, was at and left early. This Don't wasn't even. Me. This was different in the fact that they dominated them. They beat the LSU oh, yeah. by eleven. It was not close for most of it. After the first quarter, they nobody scored in the first quarter. After that, UCLA never trailed again. So, Chip Kelly, maybe it just takes a few years for his system to get integrated. Maybe they're going to make some weird noise in the Pac-12, but I didn't really expect anything coming out of UCLA. I know they're talented. Dorian Thompson-Robinson's a good quarterback. He's another guy from QB1. I think he's a, a, a okay quarterback. He'll get you some wins in the Pac-12, but it's not going to be – it would be like CU a couple of years ago when they played against Washington if they were yeah UCLA could make some noise. I, I mean, I think that they could end up meeting Oregon in, in the Pac-12 championship or somewhere along those lines, and they could surprise some people because this team they're they're bringing a lot of guys back. That's what you got to realize with some of these middle of the pack schools. It's it's the teams that have a lot of returning starters that you're like, oh shit, I don't want to play these guys again. Like like that's that's where you're at because you, with, with middle of the pack teams that have veterans, they know they've been there, they know what to do. Middle of the pack teams with new guys, that's where they fall, and then they rise back up eventually. But this UCLA team, I very easily, I don't know about very easily, but they they've got to be one of the betting favorites right now to win the Pac-12. 
Yeah, they're still not in the – we'll take a look at the rankings now. They're still not in the top 25. Actually, they did. They got pushed up to 16 now in the coaches' bowl because they're 2-0. So, they they might have some momentum going, uh, but there was quite a bit of shakeup. Like we said, the first week of college football season came in and kicked down the door. Um, Alabama is still number one. Georgia bumps up three spots to number two. Ohio State up one spot to number three. Oklahoma dropped two to four. Uh, Texas A&M moves into the top five and then Clemson from their loss to Georgia just drops down to six. Everybody else, you know, there's a couple movements here and there, only, but only dropping to six. That means they're making the final four. I hate to tell you that because there's going to be some movement in the top four. I'll tell you that. There, there's some, uh, interesting, you know, North Carolina dropped all the way to 24 in the, in the eight. 24? Were yeah. they like six? They, they were 10. They dropped from 10 to 24. Oh. And, I thought uh, they were like higher than that. Uh, that was a fourteen point. That was a fourteen spot drop. And they in the coaches poll they dropped thirteen spots to twenty two. They're uh, Mac Brown. That was not not what they needed. Um, and by the way, oh. Texas is back. They just moved up six spots to the top fifteen. So nobody else needs to play for the rest of the season. Texas is back. It's it's over, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, we should all just go Stop home. Count. Stop the count. You should all just go home and uh, enjoy that, you know, we still have. Isn't the head coach over there uh, Sarkeesian now? The guy that was the Alabama coordinator? I mean, he's a pretty good coach. So, yeah. I'm not saying they're going to do anything, but but he'll get the program, like, in some direction. I don't know if it's the right direction, but we'll put him in some direction. Yeah, what, what is the right direction for Texas? That's that's the question, because I don't think it's going to the SEC. I think you're just going to get smacked around in the SEC worse than neither you get smacked o- around in the is o- Neither is this Oklahoma team. Lincoln Riley might as well jump to the NFL before Oklahoma goes to the SEC because he's not getting any, any other job when he goes to the SEC. I would be hard-pressed to think that Lincoln Riley would turn down whatever money Jordan is paying him to stay at Oklahoma. Oh, or what about Jerry Jones calling right down the street in a few years? That's the only job that I think he'd leave to. Maybe. Jerry Jones would bring the Brinks truck out for him. Let's just put it that way. He would give him everything he wanted and so much more. It'd be John Gruden's deal on steroids. (laughs) Let's let's be honest here. You thought John, John Gruden's deal was ridiculous? It'd be that. It'd be so much worse. Yeah, it's it's a little bit incredible to kind of. He, he might end up doing that like three times. He would Actually, that would be the second Oklahoma coach that he stole from the Sooners because Barry Switzer back when they won, that's when they won their last Super Bowl and were relevant the last time was when Barry Switzer was their head coach. And the Cowboys um, are known for having success with college coaches. Jimmy Johnson, Mike Switzer, like, like my, why not bring the next predecessor? It could be something that we have to look out for. Uh, but uh, anything else in college football that you kind of wanted to touch on, that's kind of the main headlines. Uh, this this week's going to be very interesting. There's not a whole lot of big games, but we have the number five team in the country coming into Mile High. There's no Broncos games. We're on the road on Sunday. So Saturday, we got some Saturday midday football. The CU Buffs versus Texas a and Aggies. Mm-hmm. I, you'll hear about them, hear about that a little bit later for me, but. I'm hyped up for that. Um, but yeah, it's, it, there's, there's not that the first week is always like the test games. Like those are like the bigger games, the second week, third week are where Alabama plays the Citadel. And then we, we don't care about what anyone else does. Like, that's just the way it is. Uh, yeah, I actually, I forgot about this. So I'm going to look up the name of the game real quick. Uh, but we have an interstate rivalry 
and uh, it's over in the Big Ten and Big Twelve. But Iowa, Iowa State plays this weekend. I'm just yeah, going to call it the Corn Bowl. Muslim. But it's number yeah. nine versus number ten. Iowa State's nine. Iowa's now ten after beating the crap out of Indiana. Sorry, Jerry. It, it was it was a rough it, weekend. Oh, that was a very very bad. Game. That was so bad. Is it the Paul Bunyan Trophy or is that something else? I think it might be the Paul Bunyan Trophy. I called it. I called Iowa it. The is, Bowl, I, Iowa is in one of the Paul Bunyan games, but I don't know if it's against Iowa State. Uh, here we go. Name but yeah, Iowa. Iowa looks good. Yeah. Iowa could Iowa could very well sneak up on some Big Ten teams and get themselves up to the back half of about our top ten. And this will be a good test for Iowa State because now they have to prove that they are they are that good. It's the Iowa Corn Cyhawk Trophy that they play for, so it's the Cyhawk for the Cyclones and the and the Hawkeyes. But this is Iowa State's chance. You know they've been talked about for the last few years. Matt Campbell's building something. If he's really building something, then this will be a game that they should win. I always had Iowa State's number. I actually I do the ESPN College Football Pick 'em each week, and I picked Iowa to upset Iowa State. Uh, I don't don't think that's out of. The I, don't, I don't see it as an upset. Uh, like, I don't see it as an yeah. upset after what they did in Indiana, dude. I, I, that's a game I, I haven't checked the the line on that because I don't have that in my beats a week. But if if I was the underdog, I would. I would. Iowa is a four and a half point underdog. Oh, hammer that plus four and a half. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, all yep. day. Over under forty six. I would say. I would say over, but you know. I don't know. Kind of a gritty game, so maybe a little under. They they do have they've had some really good games the last couple of years and it's at two thirty it's one of those weird it's that weird time slot where it's not the first game it's not the second game it's like the second and a half game so you're watching that and it's just starting when everything else is at halftime um, but I've actually really enjoyed the the Cyhawk Trophy game the last few years so that's the one that I found that should be kind of interesting. Other than that, USC Stanford, but Stanford's not very Stanford good. Stanford got their asses kicked. Oh, my God. Uh, they lost to the Sisters of the Floor last week. They got run dude, out of the gym. We, oh we also – I almost missed it. I almost forgot. But Montana beat Washington. Washington yeah. was ranked 20th. Six FCS teams beat FBS schools. Oof. This includes like last week too, but like what? That's, that's awesome for the game. This is why I want a 64 college football tournaments. <laughs> this is why March Madness is the best tournament in the world because you don't know what the hell's going to happen. Imagine 16 of them. 16 games, 16 teams. That'd be insane. It would be, I would be even more glued to the couch. Like I would sink into, I would just become the couch. I wouldn't even, I'm just, I'm just imagining like, like CBS and, and uh, Fox sports and uh, ESPN, ESPN, all side by side, all in the playoff games. Oh, that would be a dream. That would be a dream. And you get extra home games if you're the high seed in the playoffs. Yep. Like what? Like, like come on, man. Shout it's out like FCS hell. and D2. Uh, check out my writing at D2football.com. I'll be having my second RMAC uh, column come out later. But, you know, that's, that's awesome. I think that, like you said, it's good for the game. FCS schools are not always going to be able to transition, but there have been a few. Appalachian State. Uh, I remember when Houston was considered an FCS school and then they were in the, the whack for a little bit. And now they're possibly going to be joining the big 12 in a couple of years. So yeah. Aren't they in the American conference? Now they're the, yeah, they're in the AAC now they were in the whack and then they got 
put into the AAC after yeah, that. The WAC is no longer a football conference. No, unfortunately. Conference. Unfortunately, that Fresno State WAC logo was still I, – I still see it in the NCAA video game. So, oh, yeah. Um, no, it, let's talk about – there's some – there's a little bit of football news outside of the games. Uh, just some quick things that I, I picked up. Um, actually, did you see? Did you see this? It, it was seven minutes after I sent you the uh, outline. Did you see Bradley Chubb's little incident today? God, it's always something, man. It's always something. It can never be smooth. It's, ne- it's never just a smooth sailing into the season. It never can be that way. And oh man, I'm apparently it was just a hit, like a, he left the scene or something. Hopefully, it's not serious. Here, um, here we go. It's, it's, it's not like it's a DUI, like good old Melvin Gordon, no. former Charger. So I don't think it's that bad. But hopefully, like it. Oh, I, come on, like we. I haven't seen Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on the field together since September of 2019. I want to see that so badly. Well, it's, he's still expected to play. I'm, according to the ESPN article, Chubb was charged on May 6th in Arapahoe County, which is where the Broncos practice facility is located adjacent to Douglas County. If you don't live in Colorado, that makes no sense. Uh, for traffic misdemeanors, Chubb had been charged with driving under restraint, which means operating a vehicle with a license that is suspended, revoked, or restrained, as well as for having license plates that have been expired for more than 60 days. Uh, oh, that's not that bad. No, but when you have all of that, Still, once, yeah. it counts as a misdemeanor. So you have to show up to yeah. traffic court. And when you don't, you uh, get detained. So he yeah. was out it. I don't think this happened, but in my head, when I read it, I was like, oh, he's out at Dove Valley. And they brought a, they put him on his knees in the practice field. They took him to the police house in his cleats. That's what happened. But no, what do you think we are, the Oakland Raiders? We're not, we're uh, you know what? You could be the that. Cincinnati Bengals because for whatever reason, they just love that orange prison jumpsuit color so much that because, you know, at one point we had uh, Samaj P. Ryan and uh, Joe Mixon, Vontez Perfect, and Pac-Man Jones. We had, sure like, the whole, we had the whole prison too. team. I was just thinking when I went to prison, but it's still kind of funny. I think James Harrison, was that when he was there for a year too? He was there for a season, but I don't like to talk about that because he, he was uh, just trying to learn our secrets, and then he ran back back home to the uh, Steelers. Uh, I don't like to talk about it much. It's, it's a source of It's a source of yeah. Uh, but uh, I did see Michael Strahan. Did you see how they announced, the, the Giants announced that he was getting his number retired? Good morning, America, or whatever. Yep. Yeah, that's cool to see. Strahan is, is – he's – I'm pretty sure he's all fam already. Yeah, I think uh, so. If not, if he's not, he will be. Um, I'm pretty sure he already is. I may be completely wrong, but I'm most positive he is. So, I mean, it took them long enough. <laughs> yeah, I would like, thought that you know it should have been like Henrik Lundqvist, where he announces retirement and gets told he's going to be uh, uh, getting his jersey retired in the same day. But no, that was that was cool for um, what he was what what he had gone through, um, and then some. I guess interesting news surrounding some of the quarterbacks that we're going to see week one. So we, we know Trevor Lawrence was announced as a starter. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be in Denver. Mac Jones is going to be in new England. That was something that was, yeah. I mean, I don't know, we talked about we, that. that. That was out of left field. We, we talked about that. And I think it really comes down to uh, it's 
not similar, but like the way the reason that he won't he was cut and probably won't be on a team for a while is similar to Colin Kaepernick, to where if you sign him, he's a backup quarterback, and why would you have a circus for your backup quarterback? Because Cam is going to have the attention no matter where he goes. So I think that's part of that reason. But um, Chicago still going Andy Dalton. Does that surprise you? No, not at all. I knew everyone knew that. Their offensive line is ass. First of all, it's a it's a biohazard to, to Justin Fields' career if you throw him in front of that offensive line. He was gonna he's gonna get himself killed. Might as well let the Red Rocket go try to win you some football games because Justin Fields, you need to protect him at all costs. Because look what happened to Joe Burrow. Look what happened to uh, he he got he's been injury prone his first year. I mean, rookie quarterbacks and injuries. Unless your name is Mac Jones and you play under the Belichick regime, like you're gonna be in trouble. I'm worried for like Trevor Lawrence is gonna get his fucking shit wrecked. I don't think he knows it because he's only won football games in his career. But there's a storms are brewing. I'll tell you that storms are brewing for him and Zach Wilson. This because is gonna be his first regular season loss since middle school. I, it's, the, the, these rookie quarterbacks, it's it's better to have them sit, but if you're in a situation where you're, the Jets are just that awful and, and the Jaguars have no bright side whatsoever, you have to start them. The Bears have the leeway where we made the playoffs with this roster, majority of this roster. Why not let Andy Dalton just stick it out there, try to win some games, and worst-case scenario, we throw Justin Fields in later in the year because that's exactly what San Francisco is doing too. Because you don't want to, you don't want to trade Lance. Throw him out there when he hasn't played a legit football game in over a year and a half, and he's only had seventeen career games. Like you got, you got to be patient a little bit. Because unless unless your team is that bad, you got to be patient. It's rinse and repeat for Chicago, and that's what they always do. This is what they did with Mitch Trubisky and and Mike Matt Mike Glennon, Mitch Trubisky and Mike Glennon, and they'll do it again with Andy Dalton. It's what. St. Louis did with Case Keenum and uh, Jared Goff. It was Los Angeles by that time, but that's what – it's Matt Nagy just trying to extend his job, which is a little bit longer. He's like, I just I just got to develop this guy. This is the one. If Matt, they if, developed Mitch Trubisky. I know I said that, but this, this is the one. If Matt Nagy really wants to keep his job, Justin Fields will be started by week eight. Yeah. Unless they're undefeated. Or division, um, unless they're division leading. <laughs> that means they beat the Packers. The, 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 they beat the Packers the only season. That means they beat uh, the they Lions. Have the okay, there's two wins, but still. It's not like the oh, Bears are going to be killing everybody. Like, Let's this see. team is not. Chicago by – so they have their bye week. They have their bye week late, if I'm going off of uh, – my week is week 10. So yeah. be able to go Justin, nine weeks. And then I would say probably by week 10 is when we see Justin, Justin Fields needs to be the starter by the bye week. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Unless for some weird miracle, the Bears go undefeated, which I highly doubt. With Andy Dalton, no offense, but he's not that good. He's not that guy. He's not TCU Andy, Andy Dalton. So, like, it's, he, he, they just got to ride the wave. And then that's at one point when your offensive line is comfortable with each other and can somewhat put a blocking scheme together, then you let Justin Fields loose. So, they go uh, 
They're at the Rams this week. Uh, oh, yeah. And, Put Justin Fields in front of that defensive line. That man's career is going to be over against, that quickly. Not against Aaron Donald. We don't, no, we don't thank you. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, that was in the best interest of all Bears fans to make sure Andy Dalton started this week. Let's be honest. Bears fans, I, I know you would rather see Justin Fields out there, but you would not rather see him out there this week. There's no chance now you want to see him out there. Just look up when Andy Dalton got KO'd last season against Washington. Washington and realize he's just good at taking a hit. He's got a punchable face, so he's he's there to take the hits from from Aaron Donald. Uh, but they go Bengals week two, Browns week three, Lions week four. So those are three games that they. Well, I guess maybe not the Browns anymore, but those are at least two games that they have a legit, legitimate chance to win. All uh, the favorites: Raiders, Packers, then Bucks. Uh, those are three losses. The next Raiders three weeks, impossible. And then so that that'll the two be leading into be... the bye week is. San Fran and Pittsburgh, so they really have a, a shitty draw. Yeah, at the best, they they go four and six mm-hmm. going to the bye week, and by then, Justin Fields needs to be the star. Yeah, that's kind of how it, it doesn't seem right, but that's how you got to microwave the guys when you're when you're drafting them that high. That's kind of how it goes. Um, real quick, let's uh, we talked about the baseball standings last week. Just going to check in. I think the wild card standings had some shakeups uh, in the American league. Uh, the Yankees now they had a two and a half game lead last week. They only have a half game lead on the Boston Red Sox for the top wildcard spot in the AL. But uh, right now it looks like there's four, four of the five teams, actually all of the teams in the four of the five teams in the AL East have a good shot of making the playoffs right now. Cause it's uh, wildcard spot. Number one is New York. And then it goes Boston and Toronto's number three. So all those teams are right there. But uh, that was kind of a hell of a turnaround for the AL East. They were pretty shitty at the beginning of the season. Well, they were really shitty last year. That division was awful. The Yankees walked away with that division last year, if I if I recall. Like that division was so bad. But Red Sox got the pieces together the same t- at the right time. The Red and the Rays. Actually, no, I take that back. The Rays won the division, or yep. it might have been the wild card. It was the, the, the Rays won the division, and the Yankees were the wild card. So you never know, I guess that division spews out a different division winner every single year. You really, that is the hardest division to bet on. Like at the beginning of the season, you're like, man, who should, who's going to win this division? You really, it's not like your fate. You have the Dodgers in your division and then you can throw $5,000 and and only win $5 back when the Dodgers win your division. It's like shooting, shooting crap. So you don't know what you're throwing at. Yeah, and there's only one team that ever has a shot to actually do anything at an AL East, and it's the Rays because they actually have a pitching staff. The Red Sox and Yankees and even Blue Jays to some extent. Garrett Cole, yeah, Garrett Cole today I saw got an injury too with his hamstring, so that makes it even worse. It's just just going great. I'm just having a great time. Uh, In the National League wild card, Dodgers still have the top spot pretty much locked up. They're plus 14. And then uh, San Diego, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a half game behind the Padres. So Cincinnati's been falling. San Diego is going to get in because the Reds have been falling. And what the ratio look at, are the Dodgers going to finally lose the NL West? Because I think they've been on and off with the Giants of who's the division leader. So I know that race is really really close because yeah, that's something to keep on because it's been nine years, ten, something like that. Ten years, maybe that they've won the division in a row. I, I think 10 because uh, the last actually, time it's I'm not, sure it's, it's, I think back. it's six. I think it's six because uh, the Giants won their last World Series in 2014 or 2015. 
so seven years maybe. Yeah, some, somewhere around there. It's somewhere not around there, but it's close. Um, because it was the Giants. The Giants had the stretch where they won a World Series every two years, which I had a buddy in college who was a big Giants fan, and I hated him because he got to see a World, World Series every single year. But um, they are, they're half a game up on the Dodgers. They're, the Giants are 88 and 50 right now, and the Dodgers are 88 and 51. That's about as close as a race gets. I'll tell you right now, Dodgers would much rather win the division and have a bye. So mm-hmm. they, they're gonna they're gonna fight their ass off to make sure that they win the division again. They want to keep winning the division too, because everybody knows, especially like this wasn't the team that they were supposed to be competing with the division for. It was supposed to be the Dodgers Padres, and Padres, yeah. and then everybody else was just gonna work themselves out. I, I I talked to a lot of people that said the Giants were possibly gonna be the last team in the division. Maybe even behind the Diamondbacks, and uh, we we were projected as last. I remember that because because we had no, no, no. D-backs were projected as last. We had a slight, we had like a point one percent chance to win the division. I remember seeing that graphic, and then the D-backs had a zero percent chance, and the Giants were ahead of us. But yeah, the Giants are definitely surprises of people. That Chris Bryant trade, he's been an absolute dog for them. Yeah, it was great. If you're a Chicago Cubs fan, that still just has to sting more than anything. Unless you get Javi Baez back. Because the, because he's not now. staying in New York. He can tell you that. He's not staying in New York. I don't think he fucking hates him already. I don't think they have him back. I think it's I, mutual. I, mutual. I think there's a good shot he brings Lindor with him to Chicago because, oh. because, he, because he does not want to be there. He's just there, so. He's he got a massive like, contract. I don't know if the Cubs yeah. – the Cubs are pretty cheap. Um, but no, baseball is – it's definitely still getting heat, heated up. We're, football is going to be a, a focus of the next few, I mean, pretty much the rest next of the Next six year. months. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I said it, it's 157 days, calendar days, uh, which doesn't make it sound like that long. But we have football. This is the last last weekend was the last weekend without NFL football for uh, until February. So enjoy it. But now all of our podcasts are pretty much going to be about football only. Uh, before we get into the break, let's uh, get into most dominant team and bench warmer of the week because we got to bring back our pick So we have to move some stuff around. So most dominant team of the week. Uh, I'll start with this one. I picked the Iowa Hawkeyes because they beat Indiana 34 to 6. Um, and I just have to put that in there because Jeremy got us. He, his bet hit this weekend. His lock was right. Well, and, was right. Uh, one, one. Yeah. So we didn't Those give him any shit. Worked. We didn't give him any shit until what? Did you see what one of the guys he tagged uh, replies? His to, brother. His yeah. brother ta- showed the video of the pick six when they were yeah. down by thirty already. Yeah. So, so the, and, and they all know how to spell Indiana. So don't feel too bad about spelling Cincinnati. That was yeah. Well, I don't even know awesome. how you do that. And Diana? How, like, how do you look at that? Like, oh, yeah, that's good. Like, oh, you look, what? Like, They're you Indiana, know? right? There's no N. Is it Indiana or Indiana? I'm sorry. Are you saying Pam? Pam? Uh, that was such a blunder. My most dominant team of the week, do I, need really, do I really need a starter here? It's Bama. It's probably going to be Bama. Every, I could say it every single week. That, that was number, the number 13 team in the country looked like step, your stepchild. That's that's as bad, bad of a clobbering as I think I've ever seen from a one versus 13 seed. Yeah. Or 12 I, seed or whatever they were. I said last week there was no way Miami didn't cover the spread. And that was one of my beats. And I feel – when I looked up in the third quarter, I was like, that was just – Miami didn't even try. Like, I tried to give them credit. Uh, the swag is gone. 
There's no swag oh. left. Sorry, Michael Irvin. I know you're going to be – Michael Irvin is going to be arguing with Stephen A. Smith every week now. But I don't know how I feel about that. But no, that's so – Max Collins will go – like, man, Eagle Dollar, shout out Eagle Dollar. <laughs> but, but man, the, the, the best show maybe fall a little bit. But yeah, Michael Irvin, he, he'll always have love for the U, though. Yeah, he's got to get them have, they got to get some swag back somehow. Um, bench warmer of the week. Who do you got for bench warmer of the week? I got Darren Till. Poor guy after getting a title fight five fights ago has now been four, has lost four of his last five fights. It's tough. It's oh, tough. It's, uh, he, uh, it's a, uh, it. I'm pretty sure losses were to Woodley, Mosfidal. Um, uh, not Mosfidal one was nuts because that's that was the beginning of the the super necessary, and then the latest one was Derek Brunson, and there was one more in between there. I'm not, I can't think of the name, but yeah, he. It's unfortunate, but there until I think it's time he, he moved up weight classes to try to make it better. But your chin because he's not too ready. fat and not disciplined enough so, to make 170. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing: he'll be a great commentator. Him and Bisping would be entertaining as fuck. I so, wouldn't understand a word they said. No. They speak the same language that I do. I would have no idea what's going on, but they would be entertaining. Uh, Darren Till's window is probably passed. Oh, very much so. He had that shot, and then. Unfortunately, he was trying to go for a welterweight championship when Tyron Woodley was actually focused um, and not <sighs> fighting Jake Paul and forgetting oh, to man. follow up on. I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to think about that stupid idiot anymore. All right, all right. My uh, bench warmer of the week. I'm sorry, Kendrick, but we have to do it. We we gave Illinois so much credit last week. Uh, they lost to UTSA, which for those of you who aren't familiar with NCAA football, the video game, that's <laughs> University of Texas San Antonio. They are the yep. Roadrunners, me, me, mm-hmm. and uh, the fighting, fighting at Illini. Everybody said, Bill, my ball is going to be great in the Big Ten. They know how to win now. They got the talent. I, I know, Kendrick, I, I love that you played there, and I know that you're loyal to your home state, and I never get you to talk bad about you guys, but what the hell? Come this on. is this is more of a knock on bench warmer league for Nebraska because goddamn Nebraska oh. must fucking suck. Yeah, by, <laughs> by and large, oh Nebraska is the double is the biggest bench warmer of the of the year. I guess I don't know. That's bad. It's just really bad. Illinois, what are you doing? Everybody was on your side. You were America's sweetheart, and and all you did was you went out there and and you took a dump in your helmet. So it's the best way to put it. That's the only way I could put it. Um, but no, let's, uh, we'll take a break here and uh, we'll get back into it. We actually will have a new ad because uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to be doing a 30 minute show for D2football.com as well, along with my column. So you'll hear the, the trailer and the ad that I'm going to be putting together for that. Uh, but we'll come back. We'll have a break and uh, get into our first week of the 2021 FEOTB pod NFL pick them. But that's all coming up here on the Far End of the Bench podcast. Hey, what's up, D2 football fans? This is Jimmy Pilato. I am the D2football.com RMAC Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference columnist. And I wanted to uh, get on here today and let everybody know that coming up here soon, very soon, we will be releasing our first episode this Friday. That is going to be September. And now I am going to have to pull it up here. But it is going to be released this Friday, September 10th. 
and it will be a weekly 30-minute podcast where I talk about the biggest game of the weekend from the RMAC in last week and then look forward to the upcoming biggest game of the week and talk about the players and different things going around in the Division II world of the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. Super excited to be writing for D2Football.com and this podcast will be available on all your favorite podcasting platforms as well as over there on the actual website. D2Football.com is that website. Be sure to check out my columns that I've been writing and be sure to check out Top of the Mountain Podcast with myself, Jimmy Pilato, every Friday on the D2Football.com website. Welcome back into the far end of the bench, episode 56 with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant. Uh, and it's time. It's that time finally. This was such a big staple of our podcast because we basically got started right as the NFL season was kicking up. And then we, we were doing the weekly pickums. We were doing the weekly pickums with our other show that we're no longer doing. Um, and now we, we get to start season two. Nico was the inaugural champion. Um, so technically that belt that, that we you used to see in our videos is his now, I, I guess I can admit that, but this year we'll be keeping our dedicated, we'll be keeping dedicated stats. I'll make sure that we have a tried and true winner and make sure that we all know who that is, um, each week, but we're going to get into our NFL picks for week one. And, uh, I, do you have any, any smack talks since you are the inaugural champion? You got anything you're going to say that's going to hurt my feelings? All I'm saying is bet along with my picks. That's all I'm going to say because right. I know what I'm doing. Right. So. Nico's, Nico's never wrong, right? Except for when he is. And then, you know. Then I'm right the next week. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we'll, we'll start with Thursday Night Football, the opening night game. The Dallas Cowboys going into Tampa Bay and taking on the Buccaneers. I didn't think this one was that hard. This is not one of the toss-ups that we were talking about. Tampa Bay is going to win this game by a million. Not by a million, because 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 you are you give the no, Cowboys no. so much credit, and I, I know I do, but but you gotta remember, Dak Prescott fucking does shit sometimes. They're like, this is a game. But I would, I'm not picking the Cowboys. Don't get me wrong, I'm not picking the Cowboys, but I'm pretty sure I saw something where the last three Super Bowl winners lost their home opener. I'm pretty sure, or lost the lost the first game or something super like that. Buccaneer or not the Bucks? Uh, Chiefs lost last, or no, Chiefs won Chiefs last won year. Last Two years ago, it was uh, um, the Broncos were one of them. Right? The Broncos were one of them. The the Patriots lost one year. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that game. Um, oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm smoking shit. The, but, the only but, thing that I can't can't say, like the only thing that I keep coming back to in this game, Tampa Bay is returning twenty two of twenty two starters. Plus, they got more more talented too. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not picking against the Bucks. Don't get yeah. me wrong, because because I'm trying to win here. But, but but the Cowboys don't sleep on Dak Prescott being a good fantasy quarterback this week. He 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 could get you some, get you good points because Dak puts up stupid numbers in games that they're fucking getting their ass kicked. I, yeah. I remember last year, the, like the game he got injured, he was going off, and and they were getting they were losing so badly. Uh, don't be surprised when Dak puts up some video game like numbers. I'll bring it up every time we talk about Dak Prescott. He led the league for three more weeks after he broke his leg in half in passing yards. That's how far ahead he was at the point where he got injured. So if you have, we did our quarterback fantasy rankings a couple of weeks ago. We'll do our uh, defense and special, our defense special teams and kickers today. But if you got Dak Prescott in your fantasy league he's pretty good luck to put up points no matter what. So uh, no, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what team he's facing. Like, uh, he's going to put up good numbers. 
We will be, uh, for this year with the Pick'em, we'll also be putting out a th- Twitter thread with the polls for all the games. So we have our picks, and then we'll get our Benchwarmers picks as well. But we're both going Tampa Bay. I don't think that the Benchwarmers are going to go opposite unless I stupidly misspell Dallas or make some sort of Dallas joke, and then Cowboy Nation will come after me, and I'll have to fight off all weed and boys. But uh, we're, we're both going the Buccaneers. So then next game that I have down, Vikings <clears throat> going into Cincinnati and playing the Bengals. I'm obviously going with the Bengals. I've said that they're going to beat the Vikings opening weekend uh, for a couple of months, and I'm not quite as confident as I was in it a, a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to stick to my guns, and this will be one of the, I'm guessing this will be one of the games that I might pick up one on you. Yeah, I'm picking the Vikes here because I'm picking the best football player on the field to dominate the, the whole entire game because the Bengals won't have uh, an, a, uh, a plan They'll have a plan. It won't be a good one for Donald Cook. Let's put it that way. It doesn't matter if Kirk Cousins can, can just hand the ball off 50 times. Um, but at the, the Vikings' defense obviously isn't as good as it used to be. But all you have to do is just give the ball down with Cook and have it run down your throat for 500 yards. Like that's, I, I, I got, this is not one of the games I don't think the Bengals pick up one, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, if they are going to win it, they're going to have to turn it into a track meet because the defense is the, our biggest defensive weakness is run defense. Cause our yeah, that's, that's the problem right there. Yeah, no, it's, it's a big problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm admitting it, but I'm still, I'm, I'm having faith. I'm not going to let myself get ruined this early on in the season. So uh, I went the bangle. I picked the Bengals. You picked the Vikings in that game. Next one. Uh, Eagles at Falcons. I picked Philly, even though I gave Nick Sirianni a heaping pile of shit for the last uh, month or however long he's been the Eagles head coach. But I do think that the Vikings, or I say it every week, the Falcons are in the middle of a rebuild and nobody told them. Somebody ought to take them out to the back of the woodshed. Uh, if you've seen Old Yeller, you know where I'm going with this, but that's what this Falcons roster needs to have done to it, and they just won't commit. So they're going to be terrible again this year. They'll probably win a few games, but it's not going to be early on. I'll tell you one thing, though, that we'll, I will commit to. Kyle Pitts, he's going to fucking be the next Julio Jones of this offense. Mm-hmm. And I'm running with the Falcons because this Eagles defense is booty. This Eagles defense is bad. Oh, my God, this defense bad. And one thing the Falcons can do is put up points because Matt Ryan could sling the ball to Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts because they have no shortage of weapons, even though their defense sucks too. And I don't see the weapons over there for Philly like I do with I mean that's not saying a whole lot because it's not like there's that much of a difference between the weapons. It's kind of like it's gonna be a bad game. Uh, it's gonna be bad either way. It's not gonna be the worst game of the week because we'll get to that here in a minute. But I'm I'm going with the Falcons because I think Kyle Pitts has one of those games. Kind of, I'm kind of saying that because he's on one of my fantasy teams and I'm kind of hoping he goes off. So yeah I'm speaking into existence so I'm gonna go Falcons with this one. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't think that we were going to differ on that one. Uh, next one, Steelers at Bengals. Shout out our former guest, Kendrick Green. Oh, that's going to be his, his uh, regular season uh, debut, but I'm, I'm going Buffalo, unfortunately. That's, yeah, that's I'm, I'm, go, I'm, I'm going Buffalo. So I'm not going to say lock because Pittsburgh always does some stupid shit at the beginning of the year and they win some games they're not supposed to. But but Buffalo, I think – I mean, you have them winning the AFC. I don't have them going that far. But I still think Buffalo ha- has too much firepower and a good enough defense to slow them down. I'm very interested to see how Najee Harris, though, um, yeah. against, against that linebacker core of, of Buffalo. That's, that's going to be probably the biggest matchup of that game. 
I did. I said a lot, not a lock. This is going to be a lot for uh, oh. Kendrick Green. I didn't say a lock. Oh, oh, I will. Okay. Say, I will tell you what is a lock. Josh Allen to most likely be the leading rusher for the for the Bills because this is not going to be the week that Buffalo figures out their running game. The Steelers defense, even though by, that was the other headline that I forgot to bring up. T.J. Watt's contract negotiations apparently have stalled out, but their run, their rush defense is still that good. They're still and Devin Bush is going to be healthy again, so I don't like him, but he's he's a factor when he's on the field. So Pittsburgh's defense will have something to say, but they're a the Buffalo offense is pretty good. The one yeah. weakness the, the Steelers defense has is the cornerbacks. Yeah. That's where Josh Allen's going to fucking feed, feed the whole time. It's Nico over the top is going to have to be everywhere. Let's put it that way. He's going to have to be making interceptions, tackles all over the field to, for, for Steelers to have a chance in this game. Yeah. And they're going to have to, Najee Harris is actually going to be relied on heavily because the Buffalo secondary is second to none. And uh, they're not going to – those receivers, Claypool and Juju, aren't going to have big days against guys like Tredavious White and Jordan Poyer. Um, Bill's secondary is badass. Tremaine Edmonds, at linebacker, that is the biggest, fastest-ass linebacker I think I can ever see. And he's got he's got dreads, so he looks yeah. like he has a cape. He, he looks like a goddamn superhero. Um, no, we're both going Buffalo on that game. Uh, so the next one, 49ers at Lions. Um I don't the, have the, to ask. Yeah, but, does, does good old Dan Campbell get his first win? Does he have 10 shots of coffee before the game and fire the hell up? Is that fuck no? This is, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's just, I, look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a bold prediction. Trey Lance starts the third, fourth quarter because they're killing them. By so he's much. injured. <laughs> he's injured? They gave him a one week finger injury oh. where he's not going to be suiting oh. up. This is oh, like, never Jimmy, mind. this is. Uh, one of the podcasts I was listening to was like, this is Jimmy Garoppolo's chance to show off. If he doesn't play well, Trey Lance will be a starter week two. Yeah, because this is the freaking Lions, and this yeah. team is – This is Honestly, if you were going to start a rookie quarterback against somebody, why wouldn't you have him start against the Lions? Oh, that, get the, Lions, the Lions, the Texans, the Jaguars throw uh, – um, um, no offense, throw the Bengals in there too. Hey, like, hey. I, I, I'm not, I'm just saying, defenses. Trey Hendrickson will make a rookie quarterback cry. cry. He will make a rookie quarterback. Sorry, cry. Who? Who? Trey Hendrickson. He had 20 <laughs> sacks last year. He was tied for second in the league, you know, for the Saints. He's a Bengal right. now. That's right. right. That's right. I know my team. Um, no, we're both going to San Francisco on that one. So, so far, we have a few differences, but it's pretty much. Uh, equal Cardinals at Titans. I picked Tennessee because I'm for the boys. Uh, yeah, I'm for I, the, I believe I'm for, in running left. I'm for the boys too. And Cardinals, I'm very interested to see how the Cardinals can do because that division is probably the best of football, um, top to bottom. Like, like I don't because Cardinals have a good team, good roster, good players, but they can very well be the worst team in that division. And that's weird saying that. So I'm, it's, it's, I'm, I'm interested to see what JJ Watt looks like alongside Chandler Jones. Because like I said, teams with two pass rushers, if you only have one, you're fucked. It doesn't matter. You don't double teams one side. When you have two pass rushers, that's an X factor, and that makes teams, that makes offense alignment think, that makes everything a lot harder. So that's that's what they're hoping for in Arizona. But it's too much. It's going to be too much to handle. Isaiah Simmons may be able to meet Derrick Henry in the hole, but he's going to run him over. That defense is scary. I just realized that because I got the new Madden and I was playing against the Cardinals one week and I was like, if because Chandler Jones and JJ Watt are both X Factors. I was like, what? 
Uh, did, I, did I mess with the rosters? What's going on here? And then Isaiah uh, Simmons, Buda Baker. Uh, I don't think that Pat, Patrick Peterson might have been. Oh, he's gone. He's in. Yeah. He's in Minnesota. Yeah. So he's not there anymore. But it's their defense is something, and their offense is talented as fuck. But like I said, they have a mimbo on the sidelines who cares more about showing off his house than he does about trying to figure out how to win football games. Um, so I, I don't think that the Cardinals, they're not going to have it together for week one, but you know, maybe the Titans don't have it together for week one. Who knows? Uh, Seahawks and Colts, the next game. I, I went with the Pacific Northwest. I think it's going to be a rainy weekend. I don't, I don't think that the Colts are going to have much to do about this game, but yeah, do, do, do we even know if it's going to be East or Wentz? I don't, it doesn't matter who it is. In my opinion, I'm going with the Hawks, Seahawks too, but I think there's a good chance it's shaking East. And for that matter, whatever the line is, hammer the hell out of Seahawks because the Colts, the only way they're going to win this game is if they run pound the ball with Jonathan Taylor. And who knows if, if that's going to be sustainable because Jonathan Taylor has been injury prone for years and, and we don't know if he can be a, play a full season. So that's, that's the one X factor Colts have, but they, they, they don't got a lot going on over there in Indianapolis. Defense is pretty good. still. defense isn't bad, but they're, they don't got a whole lot going on. They have the best center guard combination in the NFL. Um, yeah, that, their center is, yeah, their center is one of the top in the league. And then Quentin Nelson's just, uh, I, I wish, uh, the, the way Mark Schlereth explains it is that when he watches Quentin Nelson's film, he has to make sure that there's a sock on the door so that nobody just, it, that's how exciting it is. But, um, no, this one it Seattle, it, it just comes down to, that was a big question mark too. In my yeah, opinion, this is a top more of a toss up game than, than we've had so far. They, they, they gotta figure it out because they don't, they, they, I mean, Russell Wilson, there was rumors at one point that he wanted to be gone. I think, I mean, that was just rumors circling that get me help. Basically, he was, he said, he, he was, he brought the, his, I'm pretty sure his agent went out there and said that go ask for, I'm asking for a trade, but it's really just to kick them in the ass to help this team out. And they really didn't do a whole lot. They didn't. So the Seahawks team, they had one, they had one Super Bowl win and they are lucky they got that because this team has never even gotten close to that again. They, they had, they had the Super Bowl where they threw the ball, but that's about it. And that they haven't even touched the promised land since then. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I was looking on ESPN. Uh, Carson Wentz is not listed on the injury report. And in my head, I would assume that means he's the starter, but would not be surprised if at some point this season, at least, we see Jacob Beeson being the starter for Indianapolis. I don't see Carson Wentz hanging on to that job for much longer. <clears throat> so we both went Seattle in, in the Colts and Seahawks. Next game, Chargers at Washington football team. Still, still haven't announced the name. Still waiting. Still, just still, so lame. They got a list of names, though. They do have a list of names, but yeah, I feel like the kid in Incredibles, where he's sitting around, Mister Incredible comes back. What are you waiting for? Um, oh, something amazing. Something amazing, I guess. So, yeah, I, just, I'm hoping it's Red Wolves. I'm hoping it's Red Wolves or Red Hogs because both those names are. I mean, you got the Hog shirt on. I would love either of those names. I hope they don't stick with Washington Football Team. Some people, like I have, I have a friend who's a Washington Football Team fan. He said it's growing on it. And I'm like, buddy, stop. Just because they <laughs> had success when they were called the Washington football team. Just, just stop. That ain't our I, team. 
Like it just, just you need a team name. Yeah, yeah <laughs> this yeah, ain't yeah. soccer. I'm sorry, it ain't soccer. We need, we need a team name. Uh, I'm, go, I'm gonna go Washington football team here. So, I figured. I actually kind of figured that because, because this defense, I think, is going to get misfits because this Chargers offense. You can talk about Justin Herbert all day. Their offensive line sucks. They don't got a whole lot going on up front. They got they're better. Need, they got they're better. Don't get. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a great interior, but their edges are still struggling. And you know who's coming off the edge? Montez Sweat, Chase Young. <laughs> that's that's a scary sight for Justin Herbert. Bad news, Bears. It's it's this this division is going to win a whole lot, but the Chargers are the Chargers, and they'll throw themselves in the ground just as it is. And Fitzpatrick always has stupid Week One games where he puts up forty points. People forget he is the best Week One fantasy quarterback in probably history. The dude does stupid shit the first two weeks of the year and then dies off. Like the Washington football team, it's a lock. It's a lock. I'm gonna say it's a lock. It's a lock. It's a lock. Which means now you have to bet on the Chargers since Nigo called it a lock. Uh, I picked Los Angeles because I Eckler, so it's a homer pick. I'm gonna give Justin Herbert the benefit of the doubt until he proves me wrong. But you know, I I didn't expect him to do what he did last year. I wrote him off after Oregon lost to Arizona State, and I was pissed off that the Pac-12 wasn't gonna be in in the Final Four. But no, I I went with the Chargers kind of to be different, and I think this is a toss-up. I don't think that either team oh, is a whole bunch better than the other. Um, I will say that the Chargers defense is a lot worse not having Melvin Ingram now to go with Joey Bosa. That's going to be yeah, a huge, huge down and, and, for them. And Derwin James, we don't know what he's going to look like in, in the secondary. He hasn't played for two injury. years. Yeah. I mean, everyone's like, they're going to be good. They got a long ways to go. Shout out Chris Harris Jr. Though I always yeah, like seeing him do well. So. He's he's an original fly zone guy. Um, next game up, Jets Panthers. I'm going to make Dom very happy. I picked the Jets. I, this is a. Do you remember how many wins they had last year, Jimmy? I do. I do. This is a game where I'm like, somebody show me something. Like, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I just hope something happens. So. Oh, do no. something, and I went with the Jets. I don't know. This is this is the third worst game of the week. We had the second worst game of the week with with the uh, Falcons and Eagles. This is the third worst game of the week. Um, I'm going to go Panthers because Run CMC is back, and the Jets defense is still ass. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good Zach Wilson is. The, he hasn't played against a scheme. He hasn't played against a team who schemed against him this good with that much talent. Look, Panthers' defense is no was not like top ten in my opinion. They're not. They're not even going to be. They're not really that. They were not. Not near. They're not that good. good. But Matt Rule was a good defensive minded coach, and 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 he he has shown that he's he's a good coach. And I think he's going to get his team ready. And Robert Sala is a defensive minded coach too. But let's run CMC like like Darnold. All Darnold. Do you think Darnold doesn't want revenge? I mean, he might want I mean, revenge. I think that I mean, Arnold is in my head, I think Arnold is broken, and Zach Wilson hasn't had the chance to be broken yet. So, like I said, Donald, 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 this is his Super Bowl. He wants to put up so he wants to kill them so badly. And if you're in a 32 team league for fantasy football, start Sam Darnold. If you didn't draft the quarterback to like the the, the 30th round. Start Sam Darnold for whatever reason. If you're in a two QB league and you fucked up and you have Sam Darnold on your team, start him because this is a revenge game. I think he wants all the smoke. 
I think I'm avoiding this game like the plague. I have NFL Sunday ticket. I'm not going to watch this game. I'm just going to, I'm not not even going to open my ESPN app to check the score. But next week when we come back, I'm hoping that the Jets prove me right. I, uh, that's not a, not a pretty sight. Not going to be a pretty game. Uh, next game, Jacksonville at Houston. Is this this is what you're – is this what this you're is the worst, is the worst? This is the worst game of the week. Okay. These are the two worst teams by far and away until unproven otherwise in the NFL. And no they're both in the same division. No offense to Tyrod Taylor because the guy has had the worst luck in, I, I think, NFL history. A poor guy had a puncture lung from a fucking doctor, got lost the job, to Baker Mayfield for no absolute reason. Getting a concussion. Getting a concussion. Like, the dude has the worst luck, and I wish nothing for the best for him. But Trevor Lawrence hasn't lost a regular season game in how long? I'm going to go with Jacksonville. I do, too. It's it's tough, but I think Trevor – like, both these teams suck so badly. It pains me more to see Philip Lindsay to 30 Texas uniform. You know how much painful painful that is? That's the worst part about this. It's not that that, that this game sucks. It's that Philip Lindsay is a different uniform than a Broncos uniform. That's what hurts me the most. Did you pick up James Robinson? In any I, fantasy leagues? I, 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 I tried to, but I wasn't able to because he flew off the board. That okay. is a guy that I'm flew sure. off the board. But once ETN got hurt, I was like – Once ETN, he jumped up so many boards and, and right when he was in that range of, of I want to say 20 or 30, he moved up that high. Like and those picks, people were snatching him left and right. He's, he's some teams, and I wouldn't be surprised, some teams are RB1. Like, like he has – like he's going to be the X factor for the Jacksonville Jaguars to win any football games this year. Yeah. And, <laughs> ah, that's and the other thing that you got to remember about Jacksonville, they have DJ Chark, they have LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca uh, Chenault, I think, is going to be a breakout guy. He's, he's a dog. They have, and they picked up uh, Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones Jr. So they have a lot of speed on yes, the outside. They got some weapons so, for Trevor, yeah. But they have no, he's not going to be able to stand up, <laughs> move on the run. Move on the run. That's all I can just, say. Yeah, get, get him some. I hope Urban Meyer runs a college type offense where the ball is out within two point five seconds. Yeah, like you got to get the ball. Get, run a lot of slants, a lot of out routes, a lot of dump offs to your running back because you ain't got time to do, be doing that. I mean, then again, the Texans' defense is ass. So oh, it's yeah, not who's going to be chasing? It's uh, not like it's not like they got a bunch of dogs over there chasing them. Oh man, it, they're gonna have that. They're gonna bring Jimmy McGinty in as offensive coordinator for this game. Just set up on the run, move fast, think even faster. You'll live a lot longer. That's all I can tell you. We're not gonna be able to protect you. Uh, but we're both going Jacksonville uh, over Houston in Houston. Next game, the Browns at the Chiefs rematch of the divisional round from worst uh, game last of the week. Playoffs. To, yeah, worst game of the week to now best game of the week. This is this is the circle. Why is this one not Sunday Night Football? I, I don't understand either. Is the Sunday Night Football? Packers Saints or oh, it was Bears no, Rams. It's Bears Rams. Uh, this should have been the Sunday night game. But yeah, this is game is gonna be fantastic. This is this is gonna be a dog a dog fight. It's gonna be good old fashioned smash mouth football. And Patrick Mahomes is trying to gonna try to send a message. Travis oh, Kelsey okay. with no beard. Like I'm gonna go with Chiefs um because I think I think the Browns got a lot got, got a lot better this year. But first game of the year facing the Chiefs. Maybe come playoffs, I, I may have them upset them. But first game of the year, they're they're not they're not there yet. They're not there yet. 
if OBJ plays, I think that's going to be another thing that hinders the offense because we saw them get so much better once he went out and now adding back that weapon when that's really not their identity. The, the Browns are a smash mouth team. They should be running the ball with Nick Chubb 20 times a game and then supplementing with Kareem Hunt. 30 times. But, yeah. I mean, I, if, the only reason I say supplement him is because he's a little injury prone in his, in his young career, but that's how this team is successful. And now OBJ is coming back. They're, might try and push the ball down the field a little bit more, and that's not going to be their route to success. Yeah, they're going to have to be a running team first. Yeah, yeah, they're just trying to take a dump on some teams, man, if you know what I mean. Get <laughs> <laughs> shit on. Well, that Get is shit on. on. That's, yeah, that's legitimate. Remember back when uh, yeah, was like the season during COVID? Yeah, uh, when the season during league. COVID, that was a big story. OBJ and uh, – uh, don't even just. We'll, we'll just skip. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to bring up what you could look up. Just don't. Just move past it. We both went uh, Kansas City to win their opener. Next game up, Dolphins and Patriots. Another divisional matchup. Uh, I went with Miami because Miami's had a way of winning in New England. I think that this will be a better season series than it was last season. It's not going to be a, a sweep for Miami, but I think that the Dolphins. Uh, we'll get the edge in, in week one. What did you think about this one? Let me preface, Jimmy, that that they have been successful in New England ever since number 12 left. Yeah. One year. So, so. No, they just, beat, yeah. they beat the, the last year Brady was in. That was the year that they put. Oh, that was, in the, on that the was the Harry Harry. Harry. Yeah. Yes, It's yes. just for whatever reason, That's it's true. close in New England. That's true. I'm going to go with the Pats because they're at home and Mac Jones. I think. I think he's more. I think. I think he's gonna be good. I hate saying that. I, I think he's gonna be it. better. That would no, mean that Mac beats I, Tua. Yeah, right now Mac is better than Tua. I think <laughs> Tua is raw and and he's a good college quarterback. Mac Jones has got the talents to be a good NFL quarterback, and that's the difference between the two. Between the two. And right now, this this uh, we. I just I, I hate picking against Patriots at home. If, if if it was in Miami, I know the recent success. If it, even if it, was, if it was in Miami, I might with the other way. But at home, I think Mac Jones wants to send a statement saying that he was a better quarterback out of him and Tua, and and he he wants to come in there with a big win and say that the Mac Jones era is here now to stay. I'm not going to stand here and defend Tua. I do think that he's better than Mac Jones, but you know. That one, that's a good game. That'll be. I don't. I think that's that's, that series is going to be split no matter what. I don't think either team is going to win both games. Uh, Next game up, Packers at Saints. I went with the Packers because Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. That's all I need to tell you. He's Uh, going to go. He's going. He's going to throw 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. He's going to be a great fantasy quarterback. Maybe he'll throw 29 (laughs) interceptions because he can see the linebackers now. That's, that's true. You think I'm that's what back. it was? Do you think he just couldn't see the linebackers? Uh, maybe, honestly. The dude squinted forever. I felt bad for him. But maybe, I mean, maybe new system, different things. But I'm still going with Packers. It's the last dance. Aaron Rodgers is, is ready to ready to go out with a – I'm not going to say Super Bowl, but he's ready to prove a lot of people wrong in the organization that he's not done yet. And it starts on Sunday against, against the Saints. I think the first thing Jameis Winston said when they lined up in training camp this year was like, you play defense with 11 guys. I never saw those guys in the middle. So that's, that's on me. That that's on me. I will, I'll take the blame, but no, uh, Packers are going to beat James famous Jameis and the saints. The saints are going to, I think the saints are in for a rough year. Honestly, that division is 
not great, uh, not as great as it was. Tampa but heavy, it's, top heavy. They're going to be it's, bad this year, I think. I mean, I think I think they're still the second best team in that division. It's not saying a whole lot, but but they, it's going to be a different team. The defense isn't as good. Um, um, who, who was the linebacker that they traded away? Quan um, uh, Alexander. No, it wasn't. Oh, no, they traded for him. They yeah. traded for him. I don't know if he's there anymore. I may be wrong on that. Um, but th- that defense, I-, I think, is a little bit depleted now. They lost the pass rusher because Trey Hendrickson is in Cincinnati now. Yeah, he was a big, I, big factor last year. Cameron Jordan's going to be the main guy in the middle for them, but I, I don't think the Saints team it has as much firepower. And you don't have Michael Thomas out there until week six. So their wide receiver one is uh, I don't know. Like, I, I could not tell you. I don't no, know. No, I honestly, play. yeah, it's some. It, like I said, it's some second string quarterback from Ohio State that got re- converted to receiver. Uh, no, I, honestly, they're, they're that's they're legitimately the story. I just don't know his name. Their number one, two, and three option is Alvin Kamara, and number four option is Taysom Hill. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have that tight end. <laughs> no, they're. Uh, I was all I was saying. I think that they're much closer to Carolina with famous Jameis as the quarterback than they were last year. Even with Drew Brees as beat up and breaking twenty five ribs as, as he did, um, they are in a lot worse situation this season. That's that's for damn sure. Uh, next up, Broncos and Giants. Are you uh, actually? It's in New York, so I don't even have to make. I don't even have yeah. to ask the stupid question that I was going to. But uh, I picked the Broncos. I was just put that out there. You're wearing your Manning jersey. So. Yeah, but I, I'm because because I have a Drew Lock. Is this the jersey that we're starting the season mojo with? What jersey? Yes, th- this is the good luck mojo. This is the Super Bowl Fifty jersey mojo. Good luck jersey. Um, I'm picking the Broncos here too. This is a game where. If the Broncos lose this game, it's going to be because we can't slow down Saquon. And if I think this defense is as good as it should be, I don't think that's going to be any problem because I don't see Danny Dimes doing anything against the secondary. I see. I see. And this, he's going to be under a hell of a pass rush. Yeah, this this Giants defense is going to be is is going to be in for one two. I don't think they they don't have a very good run defense. They have, they have good corners and a, and a decent safety back there, but like they they they're not ready for Teddy Bridgewater. If Teddy Bridgewater can. Go without an interception. I'm gonna say right now, if he doesn't throw an interception, Broncos win by 15. I, I'm calling it right now. Like, if he doesn't throw an interception, because because the amount of pressure, Daniel Jones looked terrible in preseason. People don't want to talk about that. He looked terrible, and they're just gonna rely on an, an a Saquon Barkley who's coming off an ACL tear to lead this team. They got other things going for them. Like it's it's it's. I don't even like Saquon is supposed to supposed to play. I don't know if you throw him against this team. Like like the inside linebackers is the weak spot of this defense, but still, like this they got some dogs on the outside. Sertan is a great open field tackler. Talk about Kyle Fuller who, who can lock up anybody. And you're telling me Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony is going to beat Sertan or any of these dogs? No way, no. No way. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're no. not going to score 15 points on the Giants defense. The Giants defense, you're underselling them quite a bit. I, I, yeah, it, yeah, I probably am, but, but I'm, I'm just saying that we are going to. We, we will score, score 15 us. points, but you're not yeah. going to. You're not going to beat them 15 piece them. Yeah, we're not. We're not going to 15 piece them. No. Yeah, you're. You're gonna. I think you probably. If you win by nine points, that's a that's a solid win. You're, all, you're, you're also you're also forgetting how how many offensive touchdowns 
the def- excuse me, defensive touchdowns, this defense is capable that, of. Yes, okay. That, yeah, the that's what I'm saying. beat the Giants by 15. Those defense the defense very, So Taylor could take a couple to the yeah. house and say what Kyle Fuller is. is an X factor. I'll give you that. I'm not saying that they'll win, and I'm definitely not saying it'll be – it's not going to be close, but the Broncos offense hasn't shown me – that much in a regular season game yet for me to say they'll beat somebody by 15, especially because this Giants defense is a lot better than Aspen. So that that's my only thing. But we are both going Broncos, so we're arguing the same point. Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> next game, I think we know how both of us are leaning in this one, but Bears and Rams for Sunday Night Football. Do I, yeah. do I have to ask? It's, I'm going Rams. I would not be surprised if the Bears won. I'm serious. I don't know. Some Bears always Sunday. It's the Sunday night football games, but they do some stupid shit and and they they surprise people. I swear, it always is something dumb. And, and but I'm Ryan the Rams because I think Stafford Stafford was a was a, was a bull was a pit bull in a cage. He could not be unleashed, and now I think he is going to be given the reins to his offense, and he is going to be like I said, I, could very well be a top top three MVP be candidate this year. That's wild to say, but the dude has weapons and offensive line and a hell of a defense. Something he has never had. So I'm going Rams this way. It's it's there's Andy Dalton is doesn't matter if it's Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. You're not gonna score over the top of Jalen Ramsey. No, there's no Devontae Adams to scare off Jalen Ramsey um, on the Bears team. But this will be this will be an interesting matchup, I think, towards the end of the season near the playoffs. This week one, I think, gets way in favor of Los Angeles. But the Bears would have, I think, a better shot the deeper you get into the season. Because the Rams do that. They start off hot and then taper off towards the end of the season. The Bears <clears throat> somehow figure, figure themselves out as I go through puberty on the podcast with that, that nice little voice crack. Uh, next, last game, Monday Night Football. First Monday Night Football. Uh, it's going to be so beautiful to hear just I, – I think the Monday Night Football might be my favorite theme song for for any broadcast. But the Ravens and Raiders open up Monday Night Football. Bro, you sleeping on Carrie and Sunday Night Football. Bro. I get – no, I, I'm not saying <laughs> Carrie's not good. Carrie's – I know Hank Williams, we, we can't have him around here anymore. But I'm, I'm more talking about the – Yeah, that's true. I agree. The jingle is golden. I will say that's that. my that's what I was uh, referring to. But Raiders at hosting the Ravens. I went with the AFC North, even though I I don't like the Ravens. But I don't think that Las Vegas, even though this is the first time that they're going to have people in their stands and it's that brand new stadium, they're going to open up the club. It's going to be a bloodbath. We it's I don't I don't know about I don't know about a bloodbath, but I'm picking Ravens too because the Raiders. They didn't do anything. They really didn't like. They, like they're hoping Darren Waller. I mean, Darren Waller is a is a dog. Don't get me wrong, but Derek Carr. I mean, he's it's a make or break year for Derek Carr. It is. They, he doesn't do anything. This team doesn't make the playoffs. Derek Carr's out the door. That's fact. I mean, like John Gruden. The only reason why his seat isn't hot is because he got that stupid ten year deal. The, the Raiders need to do something because this is year three or four now, John Gruden, and you still have not even touched the playoffs. Uh, you haven't made the playoffs since Derek Carr's first season. And when he had that MVP type of year and they got injured and then they made the playoffs. The Raiders, they it's uh, they may not think it's make or break, but Derek Carr, your window is closing, buddy. And I, honestly, 
Hot take here. Here's another hot take. Mariota, I think, will finish the year as a starter. I, look, I, Mariota, I think he's still got some legs underneath him. The guy has shown what talent he is. Derek Carr has been very banged up throughout his career. He's not been very consistent. So I'm going to say Mariota is going to be the starting quarterback by the end of the year because the Raiders are going to get desperate because they're going to start falling behind early because they got a tough schedule and it's going to be it's going to be all hell breaking loose basically in Vegas. I don't disagree with with that statement. I think that is a possibility and. I think the biggest thing for Mariota, the thing that's going to make him more successful moving forward is that he's not in the market that drafted him in the top five of the NFL draft. So he doesn't have those expectations because when he played for the Raiders last year, I think that he looked very serviceable, like maybe have him as a backup for the Bengals because of Burrow and, and the offensive line. Um, but Baltimore, this is Baltimore's game to lose, but you know, maybe the Raiders come out and want to open up their, new stadium with the win. I would. I mean, Ravens also with possibly going to have, or they, they did sign Le'Veon Bell. So that's our RB one. So that's going to take an X factor because Gus Edwards hurt. J.K. Dobbins was obviously out for the year. I don't know who their RB one is. So I would guess Le'Veon Bell is not the, the RB one first week after two days of being signed four days before. Or, uh, I guess you have a full week, but still maybe he could be the RB one, but still that's, that's a tough task for a guy who wasn't in training camp. Maybe they'll run more schoolyard bullshit. I think Lamar Jackson would like that. Just hand the ball off and then figure it out as we go. Um, but no, that's uh, our first pick em of the 2021 NFL season. So we'll be putting out our Twitter thread with all the different polls for every game. Be sure to vote in them and let us know what you think. And then we'll, we'll be keeping stats. Like I said, we'll have some sort of stipulation at the end of the season. We haven't come up with it yet. Um, but now we get to move on to what's brewing presented by our friends at the high Alpine brewing company, follow them on Twitter and Instagram at high Alpine brew. You can also like them on Facebook uh, by searching high Alpine brewing company. Great little place out there in Gunnison shout out, by the way, speaking of Gunnison, shout out Wester for picking up their first win on the season. They're one to know be Sadrin up in Gunnison. So I'm sure that there was a big party at high Alpine brewing company, but uh, for what's brewing this week, I just uh, want to, well, Nico, what would you do if you were the richest and most powerful man in the biggest capitalist economy in the world? I'd buy the, I'd buy the Denver Broncos and put this team, put this team back on track. Okay. <laughs> I'd buy the Denver Nuggets. Or actually, no, I wouldn't buy the Denver Nuggets. I'd no, you like where the I'd, Nuggets are at, yeah. Yeah. No, this is I, – I think I would probably buy a house and pretend I was Michael Corleone uh, or something like that. Jeff Bezos decided that, you know, it, it's not – creepy enough that I made a, a rocket that you had to know it looked like a penis. Uh, you were trying to, you're trying to put your, your penis in the sky. That's what that looked like. If you're just uh, watching it, the awesome powers all over again, it's, it, it looks like a giant Johnson. Yeah. Um, no, he's now going to discover the fountain of youth. It, it, it's now Juan Ponce de Bezos. He is investing a hundred million dollars into science and, and trying to figure out the key to reversing the aging process. Okay. All right. Well, well, I mean, that, that's, 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 that's definitely interesting. It's not sports related at all. I'm just saying no, Jeff Bezos no. has $150 million or $150 billion. He's just and, bored. 
He's just fucking oh. bored. Hey, buy the Broncos, Bezos. Like, do some shit with your life. Fuck, help us out, buddy. Because if you're bored, was, why are you? Why would you want to stick around longer? That's what I don't. Seriously, like, but. seriously, you have that much money. Why the fuck would you not buy a sports team? It doesn't have to be the Broncos, but go buy you like go buy somebody. Go buy a uh, English Premier League team. Go buy a uh, an NFL team. Like. That's just stupid money. Like, if you have that much money, just, just like, sports is such a big thing in, in today's world. Why the hell would you not buy a team? I guess that's, that's, that's just, he was, that he was rumored to uh, be interested in the Seahawks. Well, I thought, was it the Seahawks or was, wasn't it the Redskins too? Or, wow. It, it could, I think there was the, maybe the football team, but I thought I heard the Seahawks because that's kind of where Amazon has their headquarters based out of is the Pacific Northwest. But I honestly, it, it could have been Washington. He has enough money. That's the thing. When you're talking about Jeff Bezos, nothing's off limits. So uh, he, there's cool. like, whatever you say he could do. Which Pat, Pat, Pat McAfee has this great line. He's like, you're telling me when I look at something, you're telling me I can't buy it. Do you really think I'm not going to buy it? <laughs> like when I have this amount of money, you, you tell me I can't buy it. You really think that I'm not going to buy it. When I have this much amount of money. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, I just saw, uh, I saw that on Barstool and I was like, yeah, we talked a lot about football. There's a lot of X's and O's. So I figured I'd throw that one in. What's uh, what do you got for what's brewing? I'm going to talk about some NHL free agency. How about that? Yeah, we got some news. This is so. Let me let me backtrack here a little bit. There is an unwritten rule in NHL: restricted free agents. You do not offer them a sheet because it's seen as disrespectful or whatever reason. For restricted free agents, unless the team declares that he's unrestricted, you do not offer him an offer sheet. Well. Two or three years ago, the Montreal Canadiens decided that they were going to throw an offer sheet at, Seb- at Sebastian Ajo, the player for the Carolina Hurricanes. And that was a big no-no. Obviously, the Hurricanes matched the offer. They brought him back. Well, the Canadians got a little bit of taste of their own medicine. Jasperi Kotakinemi was uh, picked up. They showed him an offer sheet, a one-year deal, for $5 million. You want to know what his signing bonus is, Jimmy? $20. dollars 20 $20. As a spite to the Hurricanes because Sebastian Ajo's number is 20 the, the the amount the amount of spiting because because like I said it's unwritten rule you're not supposed to do that with the restricted free agents yeah. and they they got gave him a taste of their own medicine this guy he didn't he didn't play in playoffs don't get me wrong he, he was he was a healthy scratch for the Canadians but it's still hilarious that they finally got them back three years later and the twenty dollar signing bonus for some, because Sebastian Ajo wears number twenty I thought was hilarious but yeah that's that that, that there's your initial phrase you talk we haven't had that in a few weeks that whole situation just screams yas queen for some reason that's how petty that is i think that hurricanes are more interested in winning the social media battle than they are winning battles on the ice because i still that mean that they sent out after they knocked out nashville with the three banners second loudest barn in the nhl creed played at second intermission and one drink, drink a beer out of the cafe yeah that's uh, I, don't know. I think they have their priorities mixed up but it's entertaining to watch uh, i guess we have to keep going uh but that's our what's brewing presented by our friends at the high alpine brewing company now we get into splinters on the pine i'll let you start uh, what then i got some bench warmers i got some more hockey and it's not really bad news but it's kind of just a pain in my ass 
I got to root against Nathan McKinnon. Uh, because the NHL is back in the Olympics, baby. Fuck yeah. Game. I got to root against McKinnon, Rantanen, Landis Gong, literally our whole team. Oh, yeah. The car, don't forget about Kale. Like, I we got EJ. That's, that's, what, that's all we got. And we got fucking Austin Matthews. That means I got a root for Austin Matthews. We have Connor Hellbuck, though, so we got that going for us. Um, but, but yeah, I'm excited for the list. And we, we'll have Cole Caulfield, too. He's American. I don't know if he'll make the roster, though. Well, he may, but but I, I don't know if he will. But um, there's there, like because Patrick Kane will probably be the captain, and like we got good enough talent. But I, it's a pain in my ass that I got to root against my abs. But at the same time, I'm so damn happy. I had to fit this in somewhere because because I had I, I I was so damn excited when I saw it, and. God bless you, Gary Batman. You finally did something right. You finally did something right. You, you, it was, I, it was, it was, it was so, it was great. so, so shitty in 26 or 2018. I love the Winter Olympics. I love the Olympics in general. The Winter Olympics with hockey, snowboarding, skiing, snowmobiling, all that. I would give me all of it. And hockey with the NHL players in it, that literally you, like, we haven't had NHL players play at the highest level of the Olympics in eight years. It's been a long time. And people forget how exciting that is. Canada is going to have fucking McDavid, Crosby, and McKinnon on their team. See how Coast, shitty that is? Braden Point, Ryan like, O'Reilly, oh Mark Scheifele, Patrice Bergeron, <laughs> Brad Marchand. Do you want me to go through defense too? No, stop, 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 stop. David Theodore, Kale McCarr, oh Alex Petrangelo. We're going to get our ass kicked. We're going to get our ass kicked so bad. Gary Price is the starter. Marc-Andre Fleury is the backup. God damn it. We're going to get our ass kicked. I'm hoping for silver. I'm hoping for silver. Drew Dowdy's the fourth defenseman. (laughs) They're going to have a power play of Crosby, McDavid, McKinnon. Uh, Dougie Hamilton and, and Kale McCarr. Fuck me, right? Like what? But that's maybe we didn't want the ass. NHL to play. Maybe that's not <laughs> something that we should have been rooting for. But that's because that's a deadly lineup. No, uh, I like I, that's a good that's a good splinters on the pine. Keep it positive. Uh, my splinters on the pine. It's the worst thing about college football is now coming back. Notre Dame is not good but they will continue to be talked about as to how they fit in the college football playoff. I will tell you right now, they have not been relevant since 1990 when Rocket Ishmael was returning punts against Colorado. That's how long it's been. They are not a great team. They made the national championship two years or made the national championship back in 2012. We all remember how that went. Nick yeah, Saban was they, like, they showed up to the game just like Manti Tail's girlfriend who yeah. went to Bishop Sycamore High School. Yep. No, that was bad. And now, you know, last year, Last year, I was okay with it because, like I said, they played an ACC schedule. This year, if they're anywhere near – if they're not undefeated and they're anywhere near the playoff, which I don't think they will be, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be throwing up. I will be the leader of the bandwagon that the Notre Dame Fighting Irish do not deserve to be up there because uh, if you're the ninth best team in the country, you don't get into an overtime game with a Florida State team like that. I, I know Florida State's got the history and the program and everything like that. This Florida State team is a far cry from what what we've seen. This is no Dion. There's no prime time out there to warrant you not winning. So this should have been a blowout. And I, for that reason, I'm going to be against Notre Dame for the rest of the season. 
that that's all it's what i'm gonna it's what it is that's the crazy that yeah this time last year you were or not yeah i guess i'm not sure you were against ohio state now we're against Notre Dame. well still I'm against still ohio against ohio state. state. yeah i'm never not against ohio state but notre dame has picked up some uh and i think you know speaking of punchable faces brian kelly like come on i can just sock that guy in the face over and over and over and over and i'd never get tired of it <clears throat> all right that's uh that's our segments. Now we'll get into this. Is our you're right. This is our final week of the fantasy football rankings that we've been doing. We did quarterbacks and running backs week one, receivers and tight ends last week. We had a lot of different people. I'm sure this will be even more um, out there because I'm I'm not quite sure. Yeah, these, like these to, are the biggest crap shoots you yeah. can do. <laughs> I'm not sure how you like to set your defense or, or kicker or anything like that, but uh, we're doing defense, special teams, and kickers this week. So I'll I'll go ahead and start with uh, my defense and special teams. I got Tampa Bay is number one, Los Angeles Rams is the number two, Denver three, Arizona four, and then I have Cleveland coming in at number five. Um, so what, how do you have your defense? I, I got Rams one, Bucks two, uh, Broncos three, Washington football team four, and Steelers five. The one, the one thing that worries me, I, I wanted to put the Broncos at number two, number one, because I think they have more raw talent on the on the, in the secondary than 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 the Bucks do. But you got to remember the division they play in. Seeing Patrick Holmes twice a year, that's a tough, that's tough for teams like that. When you, when you see the Rams, the Rams have a good division, but it's not like they have a bunch of quarterbacks that are going to steam them up basically. And, and, the, and the Buccaneers, their division is ass. So like this, that's where you got to take into account. Cause that's eight games throughout the year or sorry, six games throughout the year, that's six games. So a quarter of the schedule is against either a very good team or, or, or very bad teams. And, when I look at like teams like Washington, Washington is, is a team you guys you gotta look at too because like I said, their division's terrible and they can they can have field days against some of those teams. And with the Steelers, they have a tough division, but the raw talent in the back and having TJ Watt back, Cameron Hayward back, and Devin Bush back, that's that's a lot of talent. That's that's very, very tough to beat. I did not put the Steelers on my list out of spite because I just still refuse to do that. Um and I was mainly kind of picking my my rankings. Uh, the Broncos, Cardinals, and Browns were pretty similar in my eyes because you have two really good pass rushers reuniting with a guy on the other side of, of the ball or uniting for the first time. But Denver, you get Vaughn and Bradley Chubb. Hopefully, knock on wood, that Chubb doesn't have any more issues. But you got Vaughn and Bradley Chubb going to be on the same field since the first time in 2019, like you said. Arizona is going to have Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. It, that could be something special that we are, we're not even really talking about because Arizona, you know, Arizona's out there in the West with the Rams and, and 49ers. So they're not really being talked about. And then Cleveland, do you remember who Cleveland put signed to their defense? Wasn't well, Javian Clowney. Javian Clowney to well, go along well, with the freakazoid is Miles Garrett. And Denzel Ward is a damn good corner and they got a good safety in you know, they're, they were a solid defense last year with Jadavian Clowney. If Jadavian's good, if he's healthy, which is a big if now because he hasn't been good in two, two years. But if he's good, he could be a hell of an asset. It just worries me. They're playing Chiefs week one. Yeah. That's, that's, where, that's where you're like – Week one might not be a good – yeah, Which, if, 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 if you get them, if you draft the Browns in your fantasy football league, that, that's a great team to have throughout the year. But sign a, on your bench, 
use one of those spots as another defense. I'm serious. Because you can use that as a trade asset later down the road. If you make a break team, like some of these teams that, that I'm going to talk about here, Giants or a defense that you could, that couldn't possibly be around. The Colts could be around too. Colts, not the best division either. That's what I'm thinking. Um, Colts may be a team that you, you look you pick up um, for the first week because they're not playing as good of a team. Like it's That's where you got to look at these, some of these matchups. The Browns don't have a good week one matchup, but the, the, they are very, very good defense. There's no doubt about that. I see them in a, or I see the football team in a similar uh, ilk as you, where I would keep them around just because, especially for those division games, you want to have, if you have somebody else that has a buy, you want to be able to put that out there. But, you know, it's just something nice to have in your back pocket. My sleeper defenses that I put down was uh, 49ers because they're getting a lot of guys back healthy. Uh, Washington was my other sleeper. And then I also put Miami uh, with the Dolphins because. Xavier Howard is a very underrated corner and they were Brian Flores is a very good defensive coach. A lot of people forget that that's, that was his expertise in new England. They don't got a lot of like raw talent, but they got a, they got a great coach and a great scheme. Christian Wilkins too. I forgot Christian Wilkins. Remember the big dude from uh, when Clemson won the national championship, the guy that did the splits. That's uh, he's their starting nose tackle. So Miami's got some dudes. Miami's Miami's been building some talent. Um, so I, I think that they might be a good sleeper defense, but that's who we got defense and special teams wise. Now kickers, we're talking about kickers. Great. I know, I know. It's, it's, a, it's not the boss topic, but it's it's hilarious. So I just real quickly before we get into this, but on our team, the kicker that we use is also my center. And I have never met a kid who loves kicking as much as this center does. He's like, are we doing kicking today at practice? I said, probably not. We kick it to the sideline. You try and kick it out of bounds. We're probably not going to practice that. It's pretty simple. He's like, but oh, okay. Are we going to practice it next time? Um, I love it. I love it. Uh, I got kicker wise, Justin Tucker, my number one, Harrison Bucker, two, young Hoku. That young Hoku is three, four, Rodrigo Blankenship. And uh, excuse me, Rodrigo, you sunk my Blankenship. And then five, Jason Sanders. Uh, I was going to put it. You put Blankenship there because of the meme. I know you did. Well, that and uh, I was trying to think. When I was picking, rating my top kickers, obviously the ones that are very talented, like Butker and Tucker, are. if you have them available, you should draft them. But I was thinking about what's the other good thing to draft a kicker for? Teams that can get into the red zone and can't score touchdowns. Oh, Hello, Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, that's a good pop. A lot. Denver Broncos the last few years with Brandon McManus. Very true. So, so I, I changed. I have mine a little bit different. I have Butker one, Tucker two, Koo three, um, Matt Gay four with and 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 L A because I think he's going to put up a lot of points. Jason Sanders I have as, as well. Um, the reason why I have Butker is just because I think the Chiefs are going to put up more points on a weekly basis than the Ravens. It's not by much. That's It's 1A and 1B. Young Hoku can be in the conversation, but the Falcons aren't going to be doing a whole that lot. Of talk about a team yet. that can't get into the end zone, so they just score oh. a lot of damn field goals. Oh, yeah. They'll be able to get down the field. They won't be able to score, though, because no running game, but they have Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts to put it over the top. Mm-hmm. No, I think uh, – did you put it? Did you say your sleeper kickers already? Uh, uh, sleepers, Tyler Bass from Buffalo. I think because Buffalo, like you said, Buffalo's gonna put up a lot of points. They're gonna kick her for, from Buffalo, is especially. Uh, I, yeah, that's a little bit tough. Pick them up on waivers early in the season, but if it's late in the year and the, and the 
Bills have a pl- home game. Don't put your Buffalo kicker there. Don't yeah, do it. Yeah, the Bills kicker, it's going to be hit or miss. Being the year, I think he's going to be really good. And then I have Chase McLaughlin um, for Cleveland because Cleveland, they, they work the clock. And if they're not able to punch it in, which I think they will be, but they, they, they're going to rely on their kicker a lot, I think, in my opinion. Is it not uh, Parky anymore? I thought Cody no, Parky was Par- Par- Parky lost a job. Uh, <laughs> both Ohio teams had a kicking battle, and both uh, both the veterans got knocked out. Speaking of, uh, that's my first sleeper kicker, Evan McPherson. If you guys haven't, if you guys don't know who Evan McPherson is, if you've seen the TikTok where the kicker kicks it from the base up into the upper railing and knocks the bottle cap off when everybody was doing the bottle cap challenge. That's Evan McPherson when he was kicking at Florida. That's the Bengals' uh, fifth or sixth round draft pick this year. So Evan McPherson, he's got a, a lethal, accurate leg. He's gonna. Who be, was your kicker last year? Good, good old Robbie, right? Robbie Gold was. Uh, no, Randy Bullock. Fat Randy Bullock. Bullock. That's right. I knew it was one of the fat yeah. guys. Fat Randy Bullock, <laughs> the guy who lost us like four games. Yeah, Fat Randy Bullock. Uh, my next sleeper, Josh Lambo out of Jacksonville. He's a really consistent guy, and then Matt Prater. Uh, if he's not drinking out in Arizona, I, I like Matt Prater a lot. If he's seeing two goalposts, maybe not. But I didn't. I didn't even know Prater was in Arizona until the third week of the preseason when he hit a game winner, or second week of preseason when he hit a game winner. I was like, "Holy fuck, Matt Prater's in Arizona!" Because I thought he was still in Detroit. <laughs> That's Matt Prater. Yeah. Uh, no, th- this one a little bit quicker, just because the the defenses and kickers are are kind of straightforward. It's not yeah, not a whole bunch yeah. of debate as to who are the best ones and who. You, you got. Have reliable. You, you just gotta have reliable guys. You don't need studs. You need reliable players here because you don't want defenses that will give you negative points. You don't want kickers that are gonna give you two points a week. You just need good reliable players here. Yep. All right. Now we uh, get to round out episode fifty-six on the far end of the bench, and we'll start with beats of the week. I'm just gonna throw it back out there. Nailed Virginia Tech plus 176 last weekend over North Carolina. So, hey, maybe I got a lucky horseshoe up my ass for college football. So, speaking of which, I'm going to start with my first one. This is from the Barstool Sports app, Sportsbook app. Uh, Air Force versus Navy is this weekend. So, we got the first leg of the Commander in Chief series. And uh, I think I, I like the under at 40 and a half minus 110. Now, it's two teams that run triple option offenses. So who, they, maybe they explode. Maybe they explode. You took the over? Under. Under oh, 40 yeah. and a half. Minus yeah, 110. Yeah, the over yeah. was actually worse odds. The over was minus 112 uh, of 40 and a half. So I took the under. Uh, obviously, try and parlay this with something else. That's not a big enough bet to really do yeah. anything this weekend. It's like it's a it's a game where where the 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 play on the field isn't the biggest part of the game. Let's just put it that way. But yeah, there won't be a whole lot of scoring there. I, I talked my first B league. I talked about a little bit earlier. I'm picking the Buffs to cover Texas A and M plus sixteen and a half. They are really? sure as hell not going to win. I'll tell. I, really? I'm, 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 I'm I want a game because I'm going to try. They should have covered last week. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to go. I'm just trying to go. I'm trying to go on Saturday, and I'm hoping for a decent game plus sixteen and a half. I just, I just, just have a little bit of pride. You know what I mean? You're playing a mile high. You only ever play a mile high when you play CSU. So why not? Like you, you honestly, CSU has a great record at, at Mile High Stadium because CSU has sucked in recent years. So why not? They're not. Gonna win. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're. <laughs> I'm just saying they cover. And minus 104. That's not bad odds. Yeah, I don't. Plus 16 and a half is very steep. Yeah, I was gonna say. You know, 
if I'm a betting guy, I was betting hard that the Buffs were going to cover the spread last week against UNC because they should have. It should have been damn fifty to nothing by the end of the, the first half. That's how bad it should have been. Yeah, they stop. They stop playing. playing so I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying that they're going to cover any spread anytime soon. But maybe they'll. Maybe they'll pull it off. But that's just me. You got to prove it to me if I if I had that much faith in you one week to the next. Uh, my next one, I got Iowa over Iowa State outright plus one sixty five money line. Uh, it's also from the Barstool Sportsbook app. Like we said, uh, Iowa is the underdog. Maybe they shouldn't be the underdog, but this is a, a hell of a game for the Cyhawk Trophy. So Iowa, Iowa State, Iowa plus 165 to beat the Cyclones. That's my second one. Uh, yeah, we talked about that earlier. I like that one a lot too. My next one, I have Broncos parlayed together. Broncos minus two and a half and the under, under 41 and a half points. Because like I said, I don't think either the Giants or the Broncos are going to put up a lot of points. At plus 294, probably those two together because I think the Broncos will win. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. So that they've got some very, very good bets to take. At plus 294, I am going to hammer the fuck out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good parlay. That we get up close to a plus 300 for something that's probably a virtual lock because – it's going to be if this ends up being that one weekend where these two bad offenses find their groove, it's going to suck. But if not, yeah. I mean, that's a good chance. It's week and, one. You and it's even well. when you parlay it, you're still kind of hedging stuff. You're still yeah. able to win partially. So it, it might not be bad. Uh, my last one Jets. Uh, I said that the Jets were going to beat the Panthers. And here's my betting reason why the line is plus 190. And, you know, I know the Jets are bad, but plus one ninety. Very generous. That's very. That's what I'm saying. Very generous. Very man. generous. So why not? I I hit a, a pretty decent line last week with plus one seventy six. I got a plus one sixty five. Maybe I'm hitting a plus one ninety. Maybe. You never Actually, know. You never, you never know. My last one, the best game of the week: Browns versus Chiefs. Hammer the over. Over fifty four and a half points. I know that sounds like a lot. But I think the Chiefs can put up 40 points, and I think Patrick Mahomes is ready to make a statement. Minus one five, pretty good odds, too. Basically, get your money back in more. So, look, I'm going to hammer the hell out of that because I think the Chiefs are going to come with a vengeance. And I think, I think honestly, that we get to a point where the, the Browns are going to start chucking it up, too. And if you have OBJ and Jarvis back, too, and don't forget about Austin Hooper in the middle, like the, the, they're not going to rely on Chubb and Hunt the whole game because at some point they're going to have to play catch-up. Yeah, so that's uh, our beats of the week. Be sure if you're you've been riding with us and you're on a hot streak, you're welcome. And be sure to tip your dealer. But if not, uh, just go the opposite of what we say. Like uh, we we put it out on our social media. When Jeremy says pick one team, run to pick the other. Just, uh, but I was wrong, unfortunately. Yeah, this week was wrong, so uh, we we got to listen to him. But you know, go with what we said uh, for beats of the week. Now, player of the week. Uh, I'm gonna just throw it out there. I, I wanted to give an honorable mention to Mackenzie Milton. For, you know, they said that Surgeon, the direct quote was, I'm not saying it's not impossible, but I've never seen anybody come back from this before. And two years following that, all of the work that he had to put in and uh, being able to play well. I mean, good on the kid. Is similar to Alex Smith. Every time he got the ball snapped to him, I was like, don't touch him, don't touch him, don't touch him, don't touch him. Don't touch him. <laughs> I was, I was a, a step lower than his mom, just up there in the stands, bawling her eyes out because I – Honestly, I couldn't even imagine how she felt. She's like, oh, yeah. uh, he almost lost his leg, so I don't want him to be out here. But uh, Mackenzie Milton, honorable mention. Um, my true player of the week, though, Ren Hefley, quarterback at FCS school Presbyterian. Uh, he threw not one, not two, this not three, the stat line I've ever seen. but 10 
touchdowns in one game. The Blue Hose win 84-43 over St. Thomas. But, yeah, Ren Heffley threw 10 touchdowns this weekend. Well, th- that's the coach that doesn't punt, believe in punting, right? And, and they, they <laughs> run up the score, too. Like, oh. 84-43. There is not much defense played at all. I don't know how you give up 10 touchdown passes to the same kid. At some point, fuck. Like. It's, it's similar. There was one game where it was Western versus Mines basketball, and Mines had a kid go legit 10 for 11 from three-point range. But it was 10 for 10 until he shot his 11th. And at, at, at some yeah, close out, double team, do something to, to, to try to slow him down. I, I was going we, we were on the radio like, honestly – I know we're a Western broadcast, but this is just incredible. <laughs> this is impressive. <laughs> He's about to finish with 33 points on 11 shots. That would have been insane. Uh, who do you, what do you got for player of the week? I'm going to, I'm going to put, put our listeners on the next big man, next big dog of the UFC, Patty, the baddie with Pimbleton. This dude, if you don't know the name, this dude is a fucking dog. I, he, he came out the UFC card. The dude is another British guy. He has the, the freaking Beatles bowl cut going on. He, he needs a haircut. Cause that shit's ugly as hell. But the dude came out and rock this guy. I swear, I have not seen a guy pummel another fighter this bad in I don't know how long. Remember this name. This guy has been on the UFC radar for three or four years now, and he's only 24 years old. And the reason why he didn't come over because he was only 21 years old and he didn't feel like he was ready. Well, this kid's ready, and I hate to break it to you, but this guy is going to be going to be the next big draw in the UFC because this dude is a dog. And the nickname, Patty the Batty, bro, oh, my God. Do you know how many T-shirts you can sell with that? That is a marketing dream. What weight class is he? Uh, I think he was 145 or 155 okay. maybe. Well, well lightweight's pretty pretty hot right now. Yeah, I'm not. So hot right now. It sounds yeah, like I, <laughs> but, uh, I, I don't look up what weight class he is. But, yeah, I'm not – entirely sure but the dude he he's he's a skinny motherfucker like he, he he's 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 lengthy but he's skinny like santa higgin yeah very similar let me let me find the weight class what do you got what do you got for your play of the week my play of the week it's the it's in the notre dame and florida state game but i didn't even know this guy's name coming in but apparently he's projected to possibly be like a top five pick in the in the draft this season so safety for notre dame kyle hamilton uh, he had two picks, but the one in the third quarter, it was Justin Simmons-esque. He was playing – he was middle third on the opposite side of the field. He reads the quarterback's eyes and sees that he's going back to the far sideline. Naturally, like, as a fat kid who doesn't like to run that far, I'm like, ah, corner, corner's got it. No, this is, kid from Florida State threw up a duck, so he had a lot of time to run underneath it. But this guy went from the opposite numbers to the far sideline and got the pick, kept the foot in bounds, and, and made it count. It was one of the most athletic plays, and he took his helmet off, got a 15-yard penalty. I, I'm trying. To, I try to be a hard ass as a coach. Like I try not to give favors for anything. But if that happened, and he got a penalty for taking his helmet off after that, I was like, "You deserve it." I, I don't. 
don't know. I, I can't. I, I can't do that. So, do it. Do you? I guess. But yeah, no. That was that was insane. I think it was best play of the weekend for uh, opening weekend of college football. Yeah. Well, I, also, Patty is a lightweight. So isn't that one fifty five? Yeah, one fifty five. Pretty sure. Yeah. Lightweight so, is so hot right now. Uh, it's smoking hot, but but my, so my play of the week, I, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot to go off of. So I'm going to pick six in the in the Georgia Clemson game. The only offensive touchdown or the only touchdown mm-hmm. in that game, uh, the Clemson with all the hype around DJ Ulagale and Georgia with JT Daniels, the only touchdown was a pick six. I think that's pretty nuts and. Uh, the, it was a good house call. Like I said, it was a walk off game Monday. You win by seven points on a, on a pick six. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, that was the game. It was slow, but it was like uh, slow as in watching somebody sink into quicksand. Like there was an yeah. imminent threat the entire time. And like I said, Georgia sacked DJ Uyagalele seven times. I don't think Trevor Lawrence was touched seven times in his career. He got sacked seven times in a game. Um, oh, he'll get t- he'll get touched up real quickly though. <laughs> he's going to make up for it. It's about to it's about to get repaid back to him. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Far End of the Bench, episode fifty six. Thank you guys for checking us out. Be sure to follow us on all podcasting platforms and on social media at FEOTB Pod. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. New episodes of the podcast drop every Wednesday with our YouTube videos coming out Thursday and Friday and Monday now with the center of attention uh, for myself. Uh, I'm just going to quickly be, I am, I am writing for D2 football.com for the RMAC column that they have on there. I'm also going to be releasing a weekly 30 minute podcast talking about the top games each week. So uh, I, I'm not busy enough. I just decided to add a little bit more to my plate. Uh, but be sure to check that out. That's going to be called Top of the Mountain Podcast. Uh, it'll be on d2football.com and uh, the other podcasting platforms. But that's what I got going on. Nico, uh, it, you're 24 now. You're you're the old wise man of the podcast, um, at least for another couple couple months. Yeah, but, a couple months, yeah. But, yeah, this, this is a fun one. Like I said, it's going to be – very football oriented. We, we we gave you guys a little bit of a break with NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs. Now, now we're back to our bread and butter. So it should be a lot of fun. This is this is the the NFL season. Hopefully, it goes better for us than last year did <laughs> for both of us. I'm we had one victory Monday last year, Nico. So I'm, I'm, I'm I think there's a good shot. Maybe we got it this week. I want, I'm saying too. That's what I said too. Even though I picked the, against yeah, the Bengals, I think the Vikings. This is one of our better chances that we're going to have all year. Trust me, I know. So. I circle every single game that there's a chance on, and I already know the ones that there are no chance. But uh, uh, hopefully, we have a victory Monday. But for now, everybody, have a good rest of your week. Enjoy some NFL and college football, and we will see you guys back here next time. Peace. This is the blues I'm playing. Yes, it's a fine old thing When the night is cold and low This is a dollar belt Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pressure that made it a habit Towing them pictures and serving them addicts That was the sign